Welcome everyone to Comics from the Multiverse episode 251. I am Peter and joining me as always is Matt. Hey, what's up? Connor is not here unfortunately, his work schedule did not allow. Uh, Matt and Connor get to swap places though because Matt's anniversary weekend is next week so it'll be Connor yeah. on the show with me next week and then hopefully everyone the week after. Uh, uh, yeah, remember we, we have to talk about that. <laughs> I, have a, I, I have a thing, we, we talked but, about it like a couple weeks ago. Potentially everyone <laughs> the week after. Yes. <laughs> we'll see. Um, but regardless, uh, we're here. DC Comics Podcast, we got this week's books to talk about. Uh, we have Detective Comics 1035, Action Comics 1030, Robin Issue 1, Teen Titans Academy Issue 2, and Batman Superman 17. So that's what's coming up on the show, aside from a little bit of news and the other usual tidbits. So there you go. That's what's uh, coming up. Yeah, what's weird is that me and Connor, because his schedule's actually weird again next week, we're recording the show. And no, this does not mean it's going out early. Let me make this clear before I say yeah. this on, on air. But we're actually recording the show on Thursday next week, which is weird. Uh, yeah. So it does mean that, that patrons will get it at an earlier time on the Saturday, but you're not getting it like days and days early. <laughs> we have consistency to keep. Can't, can't raise expectations to you know Thursday to Friday levels. Yeah. It's no. nonsense. Especially when we usually record on Saturday. Yes. You know? Everyone was so disappointed the week after if we if we yeah. give them a super early week once. <laughs> so uh yes. Keep that so keep that in mind. But uh yeah, so uh, thanks to everyone. Uh, I w- will make a point of not spoiling the results because I realize mm-hmm. that the top fifty that we that's out now on the audio feeds on the YouTube mm-hmm. channel as well. Um it's kind of a separate thing that you know maybe people have to find time to listen to, uh, rather than their usual weekly routine. So I will just say thank you for everyone for voting, and we had fun with the show. People seem to in, have enjoyed it, so uh, we. But we shall not even hint that we won anything, just to not saying anything. Give you some time to go and enjoy it without spoilers. Mm-hmm. But uh, cool. All right. Well, I think we. I mean, we can start so making fun of Connor, I suppose, because he's not here. But we will start <laughs> with uh, the the new favorite segment, which is no. Comicsology Top 10, which has been ruined this week somewhat because apparently there's a Star Wars sale on because the Top 10 is almost entirely Star Wars trades, uh, which is upsetting. <laughs> In fact, yes. Chris has foiled again. Number 1 through 8 are all Star Wars collections that are on sale. Uh, number 9 is Detective Comics 1035. So DC, in terms okay. of new single issues, DC is at the top of the chart. Okay. So that's neat. Of course, I'm going to click on the next thing and find out what the rest of these bloody things are. But yeah, so that's number nine. Um, Critical Role? Comic book? Is it number 10? So did not, know, did not know they had a comic, but good for them. Yeah, and that was another Star Wars book. And then New Mutants issue 17 is the next single issue. Uh, and then as a bunch more all the star wars omnibus books the old dark horse ones that marvel have reprinted i think they are uh they're taking up tons of room next single issue is dc is action comics and let me just work out what that is that's in the low 20s something like that but again in terms of single issues it's third right oh sorry no fourth fourth because it was a critical one so it's fourth in terms of new single issues so super awkward robin's just a few slots behind so that's nice uh, Batman Superman is not too much beyond that. So I will say the DC single issues are actually... Because the only other Marvel single issue that's, that I've passed over so far is Cable. So there's not a lot of Marvel single issues beating the DC books this week. 
uh, as, as at least as of right now on the UK Comicsology. But mm-hmm. uh, like I say, this is hard to read this week because man, there's so many of these Star Wars omnibuses. Like I'm on page two, and there's still like a whole wall of them just there. It'd be nice if I could filter out uh, collections <laughs> and just have single yeah. issues. That'd be a really neat feature of Comicsology. But uh, fair enough, people. I guess this is the uh, 4th of May uh, sale we've got on for the week. Makes sense. Yeah. Makes sense. Yes. So, there you go. Fair enough. Oh, actually, I tell one slight lie. One of the Star Wars books in that top eight was a single issue. Uh, Mixed in between all the trades, uh, Darth Vader issue 11 is in there. So, technically, Marvel did get the top spot. (laughs) Uh, In my defense, I just saw a wall of Star Wars. mm Mm-hmm. But hey, not too bad. All, which, all which, no, none of those reprints come up on uh, League of Comic Geeks as I'm I'm clicking around to see. So must just be a digital thing. Yeah, it's just a, it's just a sale. It's just a, they're all on sale, so they've all skyrocketed to the top of the yeah. chart. I mean, I don't know if they were doing special releases or you know what I mean. I doubt it. It's like, probably just a, yeah. a, a typical mm-hmm. sale. I think what's surprising about it, though, I mean, one, they look very well discounted. Those omnibuses are £1.59, so that's $2 per omnibus. Right. So that's actually pretty good. Um, normally, we see the effect of the sales a little bit in the, the top 10, top 20, but this is particularly mm-hmm. notable. So I guess this is just proof that Star Wars still sells a shit ton whenever they put anything on sale. Yep. Because people have poor taste. I mean, you could say that, or they just have different taste. It's poor. It's yeah. definitely poor. Matt, if they don't like the same things as me, it's poor, okay? That's just that's, that's science. It's indisputable. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> if, it, if X does not equal Y, then Y is wrong. <laughs> but then Y equals X. <laughs> y? Just cause. Okay. Yeah. So. <laughs> I'm not good at math. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I'm not, I agree either, either really. I, I, I think the, the logic of it I enjoy, but the, uh, having to actually think on my feet quickly, nah, not so much. That's, uh, yep. let's leave it there. Uh, in terms of news, there's not a lot of specific comic book stuff, uh, but there was a bunch of stuff that I talked to Connor about in the, on the, the regular news yesterday. Mm-hmm. And I think it is worth mentioning that DC Fandom is coming back. Uh, they've announced this way in advance. This is coming on the 16th of October, but, uh, this did actually have a lot of big announcements last year. There was uh, multiple new movie trailers for stuff that we hadn't seen any footage from. They revealed multiple games uh, that are going to be big deals. Uh, multiple TV announcements. So, and given, and I mentioned this yesterday, uh, but the fact that DC have four movies currently scheduled to come out in 2022 means that in October of this year, they're probably going to have a lot of trailers and stuff that they can reveal. Yeah. So, you know. Uh, so this is them continuing this uh, this format. I mean, maybe this event will actually have an audience at some point, but at least this year, I assume it's still probably going to be all digital. But uh, there was a surprising amount of news last year. I, I would I would call last year's because I was skeptical going in. I would call last year's an unqualified success in terms of just people talking about everything, the buzz that was generated, there was conversation. Is that the one where they debuted the Suicide Squad game footage? That, the Batman trailer, the yeah. first Suicide Squad trailer, yeah. uh, they revealed the Arkham game, I think, Arkham Knights, I think that was the same mm-hmm. event, so, gotcha. uh, 
there was a lot there. So, and I mean, if they only do this once a year, they, they, and given that they keep making more movies, shows, and games, there's actually a yeah. good chance of them having enough every year to make it worthwhile. So, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Other than that, uh, there's the terrible news that the Green Lantern TV show, one of the lead characters is going to be Guy Gardner. Uh, uh, you say terrible, and I say great. More interestingly, um, though, because buried within that news, there was a description uh-huh. for the show, which mentioned that the other timeline that we're going to be following is in the 1940s mm-hmm. with Alan Scott, and yeah. that he's a, an FBI agent who's secretly gay. And yeah. I was like, wait, Alan Scott's going to co-lead the first Green Lantern TV show? That's just kind of amazing. Yeah. <laughs> And they're gonna have an original character uh, for the show, which which is mm-hmm. nice. I don't know which timeline she's gonna show up in, um, if it's the Guy Gardner. But apparently, the Guy Gardner stuff is gonna take place in the '80s. So it makes me wonder if we're gonna be getting lanterns through the eras, right? I, I wonder if the new character. I don't know if they specified she will be in one of theirs, or is she gonna be present day? Is that gonna be maybe? You know, I don't. I don't know. But that, that opens the door because I saw a lot of people complaining about this that because because the headline was, you know, they tap a, an actor to play Guy Gardner. And a lot of people got upset because, you know, a lot of people don't like Guy Gardner, but they're like, oh, it's another, you know, out of all the lanterns to pick, this is the one they go with. And I was like, wait, wait it's the Green Lantern Corps that just because he's listed as the quote lead doesn't mean that they're not going to have the other ones there you know like so like i don't know we've, we've had john stewart on the cartoons right we've had hal in a really terrible movie um it was kale's so, time to shine is what you're saying i agree uh, kyle could show up i mean there's all sorts of stuff that could happen right we could get jessica cruz and simon baz in a present day storyline or even joe from far sector you know like and then just think about it. Maybe we'll see a Hal Jordan in the '60s at one point. Yeah, like, they might. Um, I mean, because obviously, like, you know, Guy is tied to the era that he was introduced mm-hmm. in, more or less. Uh, Alan, right. of course, is intru- you know tied to his era. So it could right. be interesting if they continue that trend with other lanterns. Now, if there's disappointment, I mean, I kind of get it a little bit. Like if you if you, you if you have multiple green lanterns that you love, and the mm-hmm. one that you don't like is Guy, and now he's the first one they're focusing on, that's a little right. disheartening. Like I get it. Yeah. Like, no, and, and again, I understand it, but too, like, it's, you read the story. Most of the people I saw complaining didn't read, because they, they weren't talking about Alan Scott. Yeah, the Alan Scott you know? stuff was way more interesting That's, to me. Yeah, and that, like, I feel like that should have kind of led, not the Guy Gardner stuff, I mean, just the fact that Alan Scott's going to be a TV character, and he's set in the 40s, and then you add that new layer that he's going to be, I mean, it didn't say he was openly gay in the 40s. So they're going to add that wrinkle too, you know? Mm-hmm. So like, yeah, no, no, that, that's all good. It's all exciting news for, for Green Lantern, as far as I'm concerned. I just I just hope it's good, because I mean, it could still yeah. suck. You know, regardless of yeah, concepts, yeah. it could still just be shit, because it's not, you know, the rating is subpar or whatever. Right. Uh, I will say the actor they got, uh, he's got a very punchable face, which I think yes. fits uh, Guy Gardner, so fair, fair play. Uh According to a friend, he was in a Disney Channel original movie, Halloween Town High. So, I mean, sure. I'll tell you what for it. <laughs> that's his most notable. That's his most notable role thus far. Is so. this is this friend twelve years old, Matt? Because it feels like... uh, no. This friend, this, this friend is Alden, so it comes as no surprise. <laughs> um. 
course, of course, he would know. He would know about yeah. Halloween Town mm-hmm. High. Yeah. I say that as if I had even knew he, that name before this conversation. He did, he did get a little upset with me when he said that you know at the end of Rise of Skywalker he wanted Dio, you know, the new little droid, to be with Ray because you know their their journeys are so similar. And I was like, oh no, he's there. What do you think she made her new lightsaber out of? And he he was not a fan of that comment. Um, so. <laughs> uh, fan of Halloween to high in Star Wars. What a weird specimen that boy is. No, I didn't say he was a fan of it. He just said that's where he recognized him it's, from. It's too late. In my head, he's got posters up in his room. He's 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 got uh, a stand up, a cardboard stand up of the various characters. So my my wife had you know she grew up with the those movies, and so we'd watched. I'd never seen the first Halloween Town, so we watched it this past October and. Uh, I don't get it. <laughs> it's definitely not for me. I um, I feel like it only works for adults if they if they grew up with it. I feel like yeah, anyone who tries to watch it. I mean, I've not seen it, but um, yes. given this uh, this the original movie that was aimed at a family audience, I feel like yeah. anyone who tries to watch it as an adult now is probably good. Because there's definitely movies I love from my childhood that I don't think I would like yeah. if I watched them for the first time. Oh, for sure. I mean, that's why I don't go back and re- revisit Smallville. Like, I'm just, I'm kind of afraid, you know, because it's, it's no, definitely no, not see, good. No, see, that's, that's a little bit different because that's one where the nostalgia won't uh, mask yeah. its problems. You will hate it if yeah. you watch it again because it's terrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's in the same thing. Or, or uh, what's another one? Well, no, because I watch the Mighty Ducks movies on a yearly basis, and I understand that they're not traditionally good, but they, they're still fun kids' movies, you know? Oh so, yeah, but I, I think that's a good example of like if you if they only came out now, yeah, you probably wouldn't feel the same attachment or excitement about them. You may not, yeah, it may, may not be terrible true. by any means, but I don't think I would. I, I think the reason why I, I enjoy those still and I enjoy the show even is because you know I saw them at an age where it really sort of grained in my head and it created a sort of taste in me for it, and yeah. you know now now that's sure. sort of just a part of my 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 makeup, my core programming as it were yeah um, i mean you also saw commando at too young of an age so oh, Commando's you great. know yeah you're you're a little bit different uh, so I, I just pulled up his name's finn Wittrock, and uh what trick? yeah he has a lot yeah he's a, he was in the big short so i mean in la la land so that's uh two bit parts and two prestige movies but he's mainly been on uh tv He's been a lot on the American Horror Story stuff, uh, so that's kind of where he's been hanging out. Uh, so yeah, so he's gonna have uh, American Horror Story this newest season, and then Green Lantern are his next two projects. So uh, yeah, all right. But you're right, punchable face. Very, punchable face, yes, is needed in one guy Gardner. Yes, I appreciated that the description, uh, the final thing it said was somehow he's likable after the description yes. what he was like. Well, and it definitely gave me John Walker vibes from after watching Falcon and Winter Soldier because I had read something from one of the creatives on that show going like, oh, we really wanted you to hate John Walker and then turn around to liking him. I was like, well, you guys failed because um, those six is- uh, issues, <laughs> we're on the comic show, those six episodes did not endear John Walker to me whatsoever um so let, let, let's hopefully guys not like that 
right? Like, yeah, give me, give me the four corpsmen, uh, guy. All right, so there you go. That's that's basically the uh, news. I, I'll just mention Stargirl season two is coming in August. That's when that's premiering, and also uh, they cast Vincent Carthizer from Angel, the spinoff of the hit television yeah. show, but for the Vampire Slayer as Scarecrow, Jonathan Crane, for Titans Season Ooh. 3. So, just throw that in there, too. Uh, Think he's going to ruin that season like he ruined Angel? <laughs> oh, 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 that's... that's... It's, not his, it's not Vinny's fault. That story just went real bad. I, I do not dislike Connor on Angel. And that's, yeah. uh, that's, that's the character, Connor, not... That's a, that's a hard sentence for you to say. <laughs> I do not dislike Connor. Uh, the Connors on this show, you're not big fans of. Uh, <laughs> I haven't said anything bad about Connor Hawk yet. No, but you know Connor Kent. You like to go boo, and we all know what happens with Conroe. Yes, yes, I'll see R twenty one. So that's the thing, and they also put out the first photo of the actresses playing Naomi. They re- do you know that cover from one of the the issues of her book where she's putting up yep. the the photos with the the red webbing around her. Mm-hmm. It's basically the murder board string, but it's instead of being on a board, yeah. it's like just around like. A, her. It's right her. Where yeah. You get the the thing that she's piecing together a mystery. Yeah. So they recreated that photo with uh the, with the actor. Uh so it's mm-hmm. neat that they're actually trying to take some of that imagery from the uh from the book. So yeah, so that's so that's the thing that's definitely happening now. We got cast and everything for Naomi. Mm-hmm. So cool. Uh but that other one, the one that was supposed to spin out of Black Lightning and I can't what's what's the name of the character? I've forgotten it now. Uh, Are you talking about Thunder? No, 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 no. no? There was the, there was the boyfriend of the daughter who got oh, powers, okay. and he does. Is it painkiller? No, not painkiller. Is it? Oh god, I forgot his name. Anyway, that was supposed to get a, that was supposed to be a spinoff, and then it got it got canned. It got uh, removed. So, well, I'm, I'm gonna find out who this character is next. Now, now I got to know. Sure. <laughs> as as it loads, uh, let's see, casting characters. Oh, do, 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 do. Yeah, uh, Painkiller. Painkiller, oh, I was right. Jordan, Jordan Calloway, uh, his real name is Khalil Payne. I love comics sometimes. Khalil Payne. <laughs> and I'm going to become Painkiller. It's in the name. <laughs> I didn't know they brought Grace Choi into the... Yeah, I yeah. Watch Black Lightning. She was there. Yeah, I loved those characters. Yeah, from you, outsiders. No. More importantly, Matt, do you know who was in a, an episode or two? Cold Snap who? was in an episode or two of Black oh, Lightning. This, this explains a lot. <laughs> oh, they're short seasons. I could watch this. <laughs> I like. I like when they're thirteen episodes because mm. it makes for a quick watch. Honestly, you know? I mean, I the first two seasons I watched. Uh, well, yeah. it's not not always knocking out of the park. The the general standard was better than most of the CW stuff. Gotcha. So. Oh no, I don't like this. That Grace tries a shapeshifter. That's not. That's not comics canon. <laughs> She's a bag doll. Amazon. Uh, All right. Oh, well, maybe they don't need to watch this now. Uh, but Khalil Payne. That, that's enough. Let's be killer. Shall we talk about comics? Shall we? Yeah, we we should. If I can, if I can refocus after the painkiller news. <laughs> it wasn't even used this week. I just mentioned it because. Yeah, I know, but I didn't realize that was like a whole. Do you know what his powers are in the comics? 
Uh, and the I mean, I know that in the show he like shoots like needles or something from his. As a metahuman painkiller exhibits superhuman strength and can induce an anesthet. I can't do this word. Anesthetic on any part of the human body. Yes. Of his victims. He's a skilled fighter who has knives on the end of his dreadlocks, which he uses as additional weapons. Oh. Uh, he never got, well, at least from what I saw, he yeah. never got knives on dreadlocks, but he did shoot, like, needles from his arm. They had, like, wrist gauntlets that sort of, like, fired yeah. them for him, and that, that did have the, the anesthesia, you know, the, the stuff. So they're, like, yeah, like, it wasn't a complete nonsense of an adaptation. No, he, is he a good guy or a bad guy? Uh, he works for the bad guy, but he's kind of in that shady sort of grey area where he might gotcha. become good. And I presume that his spin-off, he would have been turned to full good, gotcha. if not a hero. Kind of yeah, yeah, gotcha. yeah. It's, it's sort of a tragic story that kind of yeah it can turn around gotcha. later on. You have cold snap, and now I have painkiller. So <laughs> sounds like we've both got medical problems. It it does. <laughs> All right, let's talk about comic books. Detective Comics 1035, Mariko Tamaki and Dan Mora on the art. Uh, on the main story, anyway. Uh, and this is continuing. You remember we had the murder of one of the rich wives in the fancy neighborhood uh, with the guy who works for the mayor. Uh, I want to say Nick, if I remember right. Uh, being the, the culprit. Um, so this actually goes full on detective though, like properly. Like this is this whole thing is Bruce narrating as he's talking about how the police are reacting to this, how the mayor's reacting to this, how he's like searching for the, the you know the victim, uh, which leads to a fin- fantastic scene I thought where uh, he finds the body in, in the sewer and you know it's, it's too late she's already dead and that's kind of it's yeah. what he, it's what he said earlier on. He's like someone disappears in Gotham's the chances are they're not coming home. Yeah, there it's never good. No, just this whole scene was giving me, like, uh, detective movie vibes. Yeah. You know, like, when they find the body, but it's too grotesque to show, so you only get, like, a little snippet, you know? Um, and you could tell from, from Bruce's body language, you know, like, it's it's not good. Um, yeah, because it's, it's but, very stern. Because, you know, Bruce yeah. has a very, his narration voice is very cold and very mm-hmm. matter-of-fact, but yep. when he gets to finding the body... You know, he says something along the lines of, "You know, I'm, so, I'm not on the page, but I'm so sorry." Uh, yeah. You know, he get he it becomes more personal. Uh, mm-hmm. It affects him. So, now, all this stuff was great, and you know, to, to him sort of like tracking it to the sewer system, mm-hmm. uh, going around with his flashlight, yeah. all that. Mora's Mora's really good with action, because um, this whole sequence when the police show up, mm. um, it's almost almost as if someone set it up to make it look like Batman's responsible. Right, because the police just find him standing over a dead body, yeah. and they're already with uh, Nakano's anti-mask, you know, whole thing. It's, I mean, um, it is it is happenstance, I think, but it is yeah. like it, it plays into the whole anti-vigilante yep. sentiment that's going mm-hmm. on quite quite well. Um, yep. But I love that Batman points out that like it would normally take like another week for the police to even find this. Like, I mean, it's not super yeah. hard to find, but they're clearly pulling out all the stops and treating this like as a big deal because her father is one of the richest right. men in Gotham, and he's, like, mm-hmm. demanding action. So the mayor's, like, doing everything he can for him and putting everyone on this. But you're right, yeah, we get this action sequence where they're chasing Batman through the sewer. Yep. And there's a great moment where a bullet that the police fire ricochets and hits one of the, the cops in the shoulder. Mm-hmm. And in the next page, we hear the conversation as, you know, someone's explaining to the mayor, uh, you know, what went down, or oh, the Batman got away, blah, blah. But it mentions that one of the officers got injured in a chase, 
and the mayor says, by Batman, and the, the guy just says, that is the report, sir. And we, we just saw uh, their own bullet ricochet yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> and hit themselves. So, right, which is, this is, you know, turning Batman into a public menace again. You know, because for a long time, you know, it was Batman was working with the police, so them setting this up that it's antagonistic again, I think is, is a nice change up. Because we, we go through these cycles where, you know, when, when Gordon's in charge, they're friendly to Batman, but even in Gotham Central, you know, you got the vibe that not all of the cops are comfortable with that, but they just do it because they trust Gordon. And then there's other cycles where he's an enemy of the police and they're they're trying to catch him as much as they're trying to catch the Joker and stuff. And I feel this rides that line really well. Mm. Um, because we know that Montoya, right, she's kind of in charge right now. But yeah, she's she's she's, she's very reluctant. Follow. Yeah, she's very reluctant yeah. with McCann's orders, but she is the one who's commissioner. Yeah, right. So, you know, with with that being in play, I feel like it'll be a riding that line because I mean, she she knows Batman's motivation. She she knows he won't he doesn't shoot at cops, you know. So yeah. we'll see how this all plays out. Yeah. Uh, so the big funeral takes place, and her father, you know, doesn't give her eulogies, like demanding justice mm-hmm. and. He's angry. Mm-hmm. He's very... It's like Craven the Hunter put on, like, a fancy coat. Like, that's, that's really the yeah. vibe that I get from him. Uh, I, I love that Penguin's in the, 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 the audience as well. Yeah. Like, you know, everyone's shown up to this funeral. That uh, doesn't have a body because of forensics still right. being done. Although, Batman notes very quickly in the next couple of pages that a rushed order to, like, fill up that, that old sewer system, at least that section of it with mm-hmm. concrete was put through, and no one's worked the crime scene. So all the evidence, some someone has cared about putting this. I mean, now it could just be the the culprit. Like I don't know if he has the power to put that order in himself, working at the mayor's right. office. Uh, so maybe there'll be more to that as we as we get more issues. But um, yeah, yeah. and the, you know, and the husband, because you know, this was the husband who, uh, you know, he's like the one who has the startups every year, and yep. you know, he was kind of a kept husband. Um, you know, he's got a gun. He's out, out wandering. Batman confronts him and disarms him. And th- throws him into the. Th- he doesn't personally throw him into the jail cell, but we find out that he, th- he left him off at the police station, uh, so that he'd be safe because there's very few places yeah. that are safe. Uh, the murderer, who we see, and I think that's one of the things I love about uh, the story so far mm-hmm. is that that cliffhanger where we saw him with blood all over his hands. It felt very, it felt very dark. But you know, comics have this yeah. way of like flipping things when you come to the next issue where it's not quite as bad as it seemed. But this issue is like no, no. It's exactly as bad, if not worse, than you thought. You that that cliffhanger implied. There's no uh, get out clause of it. I suppose is what I'm saying. Um, yeah. But he's he's high tense. He's trying to take his pills. Mayor sending yeah. him home. All this stuff. We see a moment where he like buckles, and we I guess we get like a visualization of what it's like in his head as he collapses. Yeah, it's a lot of like spore kind of stuff. You know, um, like fungal vibes, which, yeah. which tends to make me think of one of the more, you know, plant-based villains. But we, we know what's going on with Ivy in, um, over in Catwoman. So that kind of rules her out. It, but it's, unless it's someone new or... It does feel like we're built into a reveal of, like, who mm-hmm. the villain who is responsible for what's going on. I mean, don't be wrong, this guy is still a murderer, but th- yeah, there's definitely... Yeah, there's something more going on. Yeah, there's definitely something else to it, though, where he's infected with something, or... 
and then obviously the ending adds a lot to it where okay yeah. there's something kind of supernatural or science fiction yeah. going on here now but uh I, I love how it plays out in this issue though and the art style on this page where we see inside his head it does a good job of being completely different in style to everything else every other page does not look like mm-hmm. this every you know there's a consistent style throughout the whole thing uh you know there's no for the most part there's no wacky angles on the on the you know the panels or anything like that the action has a little bit of it of course but it's very boxy and a very consistent way and the pacing's really good in the art but that one yeah. page where we see inside his head when he collapses and he's having this like migraine it's like no no now we're going kind of fantastical and otherworldly because we're inside his head yeah. no, it's just it's just it's just good at it, being there's distinct. nothing there's nothing like it in the rest of the issue even yeah even the colors even when it get, yeah because even when he gets cartoony with her dad, he looks like this big hulking guy. Yeah. You know, uh, and and like some of the to show emphasis, some of his words are colored red and stuff. It's still pretty in line with the rest of the book. And then you get to this page, and you get you know wonky angles on some of the stuff, and that red and green, which that, that's what made me think of like the you know back in the Snyder Swamp thing and the Lemire Animal Man, mm. we had the red and the green fighting. You know, it was giving me vibes of that with because you'd get a lot of these pages. Uh, who did the art in Swamp Thing at the beginning? Oh God, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Testament memory would, they here. Would, they would do angles and stuff like this. Um, it's on the tip of my tongue, but I can't. Yeah. Uh, so we get an example. It's funny because the the backups Huntress. So I guess this is a neat way to just establishes mm-hmm. around, but. Uh, Huntress saves uh, someone who's on her phone talking to her mom about, well, I know it's not safe to be out at night, but I kind of need to go mm-hmm. do stuff. Uh, and Huntress sort of swoops in and saves her. So there's, just, there's one page setting that up. Uh, so I don't know if that means Huntress is going to pop up a bit more prominently in the main story later on. Uh, and this is just mm-hmm. established for that. But as Batman's mm-hmm. coming home, as Bruce is coming home, um, he's, he's, his narration's interrupted. He says something about the whole thing feels strange, but he's, he kind of pauses in the middle when he notices something, and we see, like, a figure over by the streetlight in silhouette. And the final page, seemingly, is the murdered woman walking like a zombie towards him. And, yeah. you know, like, even just the face, the way her mouth is, it's very classic, traditional zombie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what seems to be a moan coming from her is like, uh, I, I mean, part of me thinks she's trying to say a specific word, but mm-hmm. there's nothing I can think of. But... So, so, so yeah. So looking back at the pages and stuff, mm-hmm. um, I'm just, I'm wondering if we're, we're getting, so there's the guy that works for the, the mayor named Hugh. Yeah. And the way that he's drawn, I don't know. He's always seems to be in the focus uh, with, with Nakano. Um, and it's worth to mention the relationship between those three specifically yeah. is that the mayor's constantly yelling at right. uh, Murder Man, but at Hugh... Neil. Neil, yeah. Oh, I said Nick earlier. It's Neil. Uh, yeah. That was close. Anyway, but, yeah. he, but he seems to favor Hugh. Where, you know, Hugh Hugh's yeah. kind of like, oh, you're always a lifesaver, Hugh. You, you do the press releases. You don't suggest the stupid ideas. I mean, right. if Hugh turns out to be the real villain who's, like, making his, his colleague going crazy to the point where he's murdered yeah. someone. I mean, that could be a potential well, motivation. Yeah, I'm just looking at him because he's the one that goes to, to Neil, right? And uh, just I'm just wondering, too, because he has bugs on his computer, right? This, this is a bit of a jump, but back in one of the Justice League Darks, I can't remember if it was Tynan or, or Ram, but there was this one where the... Um, 
this fungus had gotten into some of the people and it's based off of a real life one that makes it, it gets involved in the ants and it basically takes control of them makes them go to the highest point and jump off and then it that's how it helps spread the fungus and i feel like the fact like it's bringing this lady back right she's like a zombie type creature i don't know i feel like that's kind of his thing it's like it's, this is how he's spreading it throughout through like this death and mayhem kind of deal but there's just something not right going through this the second time now that i didn't notice him until we were talking about it like kind of always being in the frame with the mayor mm, like he's always in his ear he's he's kind of secretly yeah. running the show a little bit by just kind of along those lines almost like he's yeah almost like he's you know it's that, that fungus that takes control of the the ant and makes them do things. I mean, it, it's made know? a point of like creating a name for this character and having him be around in yeah. the scenes in both issues. So yeah. it's very intentional. We're, he's supposed mm-hmm. to be a named character for a reason. Yeah. Uh, so you could be on oh. something there. I mean, well, I, I don't know anything about this villain from just the dark, admittedly, but... Uh, well, it wasn't so much a villain. It was a, a concept because all of them were out of balance. All of the the red and the green and the, the gray and all of the stuff. And it started affecting people and it was making them go up to the highest point and jump off of things. And so they had to contact animal man and, you know, through shenanigans, get into there and, and talk them down. And it was really good, but I, I can't remember if it was Tynan or Ram V because that was where it was jumping kind of back and forth. Mm. You know, like Tynan was doing other things and Ram V was, uh, you know, writing based off of plots and all that other stuff. It would stuff. definitely be interesting um, if Tamaki's first mm-hmm. story in Detective takes from yeah. something that was set up in Just Sleep Dark. I'm not expecting it to. I do think it's a bit of a reach, but... I, I don't think it's that exactly. It just It reminded me of yeah. that, just because with, with the way that that was, with how they took over and the people were like zombies, with whatever this green and red page is supposed to represent, right? Because to me, it looks like spores of some kind. So that that's all. Like I don't think it'll tie back into any of that type of stuff. Mm. But it's just it's similar enough that it it made my brain, especially with the he had an ant sticker on his computer, and it you know more kind of not that he draws attention to it, right? But you look at the top of that page, and uh, it, it's it's very you know it draws your eye to it, right? When he's talking about the headache, mm. and he's sitting right next to Neil and stuff, so. Uh, but I didn't notice that. I just thought, you know, I want to point out, I didn't notice that the first time I read it through. You know, no, this is one I didn't, I didn't have time to go back and revisit. So, it's just seeing that. It's an important detail because unlike, say, other mediums, like, the mm-hmm. choice had to be made to put that there. That is not an accident that there's right. an ant right. sticker right. or whatever on his laptop. So, right. yeah, no, I mean, I think that's a good thing to catch. Uh, this could just be a completely new character with a new, you know, yeah. villainy if, if, if even as this guy, this might be a hint to something right. else rather than... This could, yeah, this could be a red herring. Yeah. You know, that's put there to, to throw us off completely. But yeah, I was not expecting zombies. No, I think what's sure. impressive is that if you told me before I read this that it's going to end with the murdered... Like, the woman's going to turn mm-hmm. to be killed and she's going to come back at the end as a zombie, I'd have probably rolled my eyes and thought, ah, that sounds yeah. a bit lame. But actually reading the issue... I think the way it builds up to finding the body is all so well done. The actual sort of, like you know, the almost David Fincher-esque kind of mm-hmm. looking for the body feels really great. The art's gorgeous. And then the actual ending, though, because it's treated like a proper horror movie where you get the silhouette, it's very exorcist almost, uh, the, the, mm-hmm. the, the visual. 
and then the actual full-on zombie sort of horror comic of that last page of her coming towards him uh with the the you know just the red behind him and the scratchy lines um mm-hmm. you know it even says next what died didn't stay dead like mm-hmm. i was like oh this is getting pulpy horror and i, I don't know if i was expected to go in that direction no. but i like it <laughs> so yeah. i'm not Definitely. complaining uh so it did a good job of being enjoyable for what it was, but then turning it into something else and making me go, oh, that's an interesting direction. Let's see what they go yep. with this. So. Yeah, totally. Really enjoying Detective. Again, Moore's art is just, it really is up there. Every every month when this comes out, yep. it's just, I look forward to it. And the action scenes particular in this one, uh, I, I and mean, the sewer were really good. I'm so used to one of Detective or Batman being a good book and the other one being fairly skippable, and it's actually, mm-hmm. it, it feels really oddly great that both are firing yeah. really well right now, and they're both so different, but they're both doing really well at what they're doing, so yep. uh, that's really good. Uh, and it's mm-hmm. nice that Superman's also kind of in the same situation right now, but yeah, uh, but we'll, uh, yeah, so that, that's that's the main story. Um, what are you given the, the book? Uh, I'm giving this one in... Uh... For the, for the main story, an 8.5. Yeah, uh, I, I think I'm on the same page, 8.5. So, but there's a backup, uh, which I did yes. read. Uh, it is Tamaki again writing, this time with Clayton Henry on art. Uh, therefore, even... I, I thought Huntress having long hair... Uh, would, would help the long head problem? Would help the head problem. That first panel, her head looks so weird. Like, why can't he draw heads properly? Well, why, why are these heads so weird looking? <laughs> If you just do the rough guesstimate where you take your fingers and measure the head and then put it over her torso, yes, her head is about three quarters of her torso, <laughs> which are normal human proportions. I just want to point out. Yeah. Um. Uh. I mean, it's not as bad in every panel, doing, but that first one, it does you know, start off on a good impression. I'll just, yes. <laughs> I'll just say that he's he's really good when he draws from angles, head like straight on. Mm-hmm. It always gets a little just. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? We were looking at it from uh, odd. I can't talk today. Um, it's not disoriented. It's, it's something along those lines. But yeah, it kind of throws you off. Yeah, you distorted. Is that you say? There you go. Thank you. Jeez. <laughs> yeah, distorted. We it. There we go. Detective. Got it. Teamwork uh, makes the dream work. So this story, we start off with a, a sort of tease of what's to come where Huntress is talking about how she doesn't really have any friends. She's never really had friends in the traditional sense. And there's a cat next to her. And then it like cuts back to three months ago. And it's basically a story of how she helped someone who was being mugged. And the woman mm-hmm. being mugged named Mary, she's very opinionated and won't give up her phone to the mugger. But then she's very opinionated in everything else. She t- you know, she's very, she talks back when Huntress tries to tell her what to do to be safe. Uh, and it becomes this this trend. The story is the huntress kind of keeps coming back and and meeting her again and again. She saves her cat at one point, and she talks about how Mary would just talk about inane subjects that were really kind of annoying and boring. But she kept coming back because she talked to her. Uh, and then one day she just didn't show up, and she goes back to where she lives. And Mary's outside her apartment with bruises, and she's being abused uh, inside. And it points out that huntress basically didn't know what to say. Uh, and it became clear the reason why she was always outside is because she would pr- she preferred to try and stay away from where she lived. This was her right. feeling more safe outside than inside. Uh, so she even walks a cat with a leash uh, as a as a way to get yeah. away. And then she stops showing up at all. And Huntress becomes concerned. 
uh, eventually seized her cat with some blood on its on its tail, and it becomes clear that her uh, boyfriend or husband—I don't know if they specified uh, which—but yeah. uh, has killed her. She finds the body, finds the phone. I thought that was a really nice sim- symbolic part of storytelling. Mm-hmm. Is that this all started over her not giving up her phone, and right. she finds her dead body and her, f- her phone's in her hand. And she uses this to sort of say, okay, she died. That there was this, almost the, the the day she came to see her uh, after the last time she spoke to her, where she died. So the end of this 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 first part of the story is that she's given the cat a place to stay. She's given the cat her couch, which is purple because mm-hmm. of course it is because we have to color match with our hero. Right. Uh, but it's her vowing to find out who's responsible and uh, look for a killer. Um, I thought it was a solid backup. Um, I, I think. Clayton Henry's weird heads is yeah. probably the biggest problem I have <laughs> with the, the story. Yeah, but as, as it, you know, from different angles, so like the the one page where it's about halfway through where Mary talks about she's having a panic attack. Everything mm. on that page looks pretty well in proportion, even even where we're looking straight on at mm. uh, Helena. Um, it's well, so I I I don't know what's up with his style, right? Like yeah, um, but I mean the rest of it, it's pretty okay. But yeah, I mean, it's Clayton Henry art. It's, it's going to be decent. Yeah. So, but I, I do like the vibe of this Huntress because it does kind of... She is a bit more awkward than normal, which, you know, I like Huntress as a character, but, you know, sometimes it's hard to define her because she sometimes just comes off as female Batman, right? You know? Where she's I, I think tough. female Jason Todd may be a better... So sometimes, but like, whereas I would never call like Batwoman like Kate. I don't. She's not female Batman, right? She's not that brooding, you know, type. Where I feel like Helena really, she gets that brooding, leave me alone vibe more. And here it comes off more awkward, which I know you're not going to want to hear this, but like in her version from Birds of Prey, um, the the Harley Quinn. I, 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 I mean, this. I honestly dislike that as a character trait. I had no pro. Because I mean, yeah. this this gave her something where she actually grew attached to someone, uh, mm-hmm. and it kind of further solidified why she doesn't have friends because they all seem to end yeah. up getting hurt or killed. Yeah, uh, and it's you know, so we have this revenge story, but you you, you have there's enough of a heart here. I I, I think yeah. the realization that she's always outside because she's scared to go home. I I think was a mm-hmm. a good story development, and it was one where yeah. as soon as it wasn't about punching someone, Huntress didn't know what to do. Huntress didn't right. know, like, I mean, okay, she could have went inside and punched the guy, sure, but, right. like, she didn't know what advice to give, because what she should have said is you shouldn't be staying there, you should move on, you should get away, mm-hmm. you should, you know, whatever advice she's, you're supposed to give in that situation, and she wasn't able to, uh, and she feels guilty about that. I think I like the idea that the guilt that Huntress has in this story is not that she didn't make it in time to, like, punch someone in the face or jump off a building, mm-hmm. it wasn't that she couldn't be good enough in an action scene. It's actually a simple human interaction that she just she choked on that many of us do. Right. It makes it far more relatable in, in so many ways. Yeah. Uh, well, so. it's, it's like Gotham, reminding her it's Gotham, you know. So you can you can do what you want, but sometimes you can't escape it. So and that that's tragic. And you know the fact that the cat leads her there too, you know, because the whole cat's the whole reason. Yeah that that she meets this lady you know um well not meets her but befriends her befriends yeah uh yeah so 
No, I saw it back up. I was, I was happy to read it. Uh, and I think because Huntress is teased in the main story, it maybe tells me as well, mm-hmm. okay, so Huntress is going to show up later in the arc, the main arc, yeah. and this backup is a nice kind of, like, Tamaki saying, hey, I'm going to do a little Huntress story to sort of set up who my Huntress is and give her some depth. Uh, I think that's a fine idea. I, I would love if the backups in the books were written by the same writer, but there were yeah. maybe, like, you know, a side material to the, the main story. Yeah. The- they feel like smaller pieces of, you know, so this, you know, not necessarily the Mary story, but her whole development here with not getting close to people and whatnot yeah, just might come into play. Little pieces of the, of the mythology in the world around whatever the main mm-hmm. book is. So, you know, in, in Batman, for example, Tiny could do like a, you know, like maybe a little well, Harley mini story or something. Yeah. Right. Well, that's what he's doing with Ghostmaker right now. Yeah, true. Yeah. Yeah. So. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Because he's. Good point. He's, yeah. he's about to start doing exactly that. Um, yeah. So yeah, yeah. Uh, honestly, yeah, it's all backup. Are we given the yeah. backup story? Uh, I'm gonna give it a seven point five. I mean, because it is good, but some of the Clayton Henry stuff does stick out. Uh, yeah, I, yeah. I, I'm giving it a seven. Uh, I think the story's solid, but those Clayton Henry heads are enough to mm. give it a bit of a hit. This <laughs> is my my argument. So. Uh, there you go. All right. Action Comics 1030, Philip K. Johnson and Daniel Sampier uh, on the on the main story. Uh, and I only read the main story in this one because I'm not reading the... As, as did I. Yeah, and I feel there. like I need to read the Midnighter stuff because I feel like come, come uh, July when uh, Taylor takes over Superman and I feel like Midnighter's really going to have a lot more to do in the War World stuff. Mm-hmm. But man, I got to that, and I was kind of relieved I didn't have to read it, you know. Um, but yeah, yeah I don't know. Midnight I, I just... is a character I can't get into. I feel like it's while he is not exactly bootleg Batman, I can't not help feel that way. I think yeah, I, I've not felt too much of the appeal of the character, but I think on top of that, I just you know I, I got to the page and the art wasn't streaming at me. I like this. <laughs> so, uh, but anyway, the, the main story, actually comics, uh, we're building to War World, we're getting War World Rising, we start with the whole, you know, the evil Mongol on his throne, and he's all of his, uh, hench people, you know, swearing allegiance, and all the rest of it. Uh, mm-hmm. And we have this mysterious character in a hood, and I, I love the art in this section, by the way, all the, the little deep reds, because the, the, the character in the hood comes in and says, I have a gift for, you know, mongol and empties his bag and it's all in silhouette with just this stark red light behind it but it's just heads right it's just all these decapitated heads hitting the floor mm-hmm. and then says this is the head of all your sons and the hench people are like oh we'll kill you on behalf of mongol let us kill us and mongol says no we've established that mongol killed previous mm-hmm. mongol his father to become current mongol right. and that's the the line and this uh, this this mysterious stranger, whoever they are, have just made mm-hmm. sure that at least for the time being, there are no young Mongols <laughs> to kill him. So he's actually quite pleased by this, as pleased yeah. as Mongol can so be. So he went. So, and I just look at all of the other people, and I feel like they're they're all Mongols as well. So I feel like Mongol is just like whatever species he is. I feel like they've retroactively gone back. Mm. You know, and, and man, I don't know. Because I know they're not clones, but they feel like clones. Because just look at them. Like, the one that yells traitor. 
Yes. Looks like a Mongol with a mohawk and eye patch. I love the one that's had his legs cut off, so he's kind of crawling yeah. around with a stick. Uh, it's, there's, a, yeah. there's, a, there's a visual to that. Uh, yeah, and he's he's like an old, like hardened one, you know, like um, uh, what was he called? Because he calls him. There's a name in here. I can't find it right now. Oh, Chadle. Right. Go. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. But yeah, so this this person who's giving me time trapper vibes just with the robe, who's a, a Legion villain that in Legion of Three Worlds turns out to be Superboy Prime, which I don't think that's the direction <laughs> they're going here, right? Um, but the Stark Hooded figure, it's definitely someone that we're gonna recognize when the hood comes off. It's just trying to figure oh, out. Oh, for who. sure. Yeah. Because they wouldn't I don't think Johnson would keep him in shadow or them in shadow. Uh, and whoever they are, have a they have a vested interest in making Warworld alive again. So I'm going to go out on it. It doesn't even matter right? if it's Johnson. Anyway, like, there's no story ever that will treat this mysterious yeah. character with this hood and shadow and not reveal their face right. without it being someone that we're going to recognize later. Right. Uh, there's, there's no so, question. So I'm going to stick my, my, my flag into the ground and, and say this is Cyborg Superman. That's who you're this going is, with, Cyborg Superman. That's who I'm going with, because if you know... You know, back back at, at Death of Superman, after that, when uh, Mongol came and he basically had used Co City to turn it into a new War World, and that's what led to Hal being um, Hal being influenced by Parallax, and then Mongol kind of becoming a, a Green Lantern villain for a minute, and was part of the you know trying to collect his own rings uh, and whatnot. It just it plays well into that. Um, and uh, as sci-fi Superman can be, Johnson's really giving me fantasy vibes, and I feel like Cyborg Superman would push back just enough against the fantasy to firmly re-put it into Superman. I mean, I, I don't have uh, a guess. I mean, I think your reasoning yeah. is solid enough. Uh, you're connecting it to the history yeah. of the characters. Mm -hmm. I, I don't have a... I mean, I'm, I'm ready to be, you know, amazed yeah. and impressed. I, I'm, I'm happy with whoever... Uh, and mm -hmm. I love it. This is what I love about this. So that, obviously this says, you mm -hmm. know, he, he this mysterious stranger mm -hmm. says, you know, Warworld, there's more to it than you think it is. And one of the keys to mastering Warworld is, you know, far away. And that's the transition where we cut to Superman. And I think yeah. what I love about this is that all the deep reds and the blacks of all the Warworld stuff with Mongo. Mm -hmm. And when you transfer it to Superman, you've got this bright two-page layout. There's all the whites and the blues. It's, you know, it's Superman flying through the sky. It's like completely different. It just it, yes. The, the coloring just completely assaults you with a different vibe. It's like a, it's a horror comic, and then it becomes yeah. a Superman comic, and it's it's uh -huh. great. So yeah, uh, you have um basically Batman and the Atom are testing Superman's powers. He's doing some like drone tests, mm -hmm. and Batman's concerned because his powers are, are yeah. depleting, and he says it's consistent with radiation poisoning, and you know. The Atom's kind of like, look, let's not jump to conclusions. This could still just be the normal like variation of solar energy. This is nothing to jump to the gun about. Uh, now, obviously, the only reason why we are giving this any credence is because we have heard from, you know, John, and we've heard, you know, various hints in the last, you know, issues that have set this up, that this is, like, Superman's actually, in theory, dying. Although, obviously, we don't expect it to last, but... <laughs> no. It, it does remind me of All-Star Superman, where... He got too close to the sun and absorbed way too much, 
-hmm. and so uh, of the radiation because bruce brings up this is radiation kind of based and they think it might be tied to the the breach that him and john fought back so um yeah i'm getting vibes from that too and morrison had gone on saying that was based off of the 12 labors of hercules and so i i'm wondering if here if again Johnson's pulling from different Superman mythos to tell his own unique story. And that here is a Superman that's supposed to be towards the end, but it's not what it, you know, it's not what you think. Right. Like mm. there's, there's a reason his powers are diminishing. Uh, yeah. Like, uh, I, I suspect there'll be a bounce back at some point, but mm -hmm. Superman's not actually that concerned. The, the only minor concern he has is that if this news were to leak to say Lex or dark side or whoever, mm -hmm. that, you know, they're going to try shit because they're hearing Superman's powers are, diminishing but he's actually still more powerful than everyone else like he's not at the point where he's even not acting like superman but mm -hmm. batman does raise an interesting point he says look john's powers are getting stronger soon he's going to be more powerful than you or kara and maybe you should talk to him about the league the idea that you know there should always be a superman and it's actually kind of heartwarming to hear batman say that just yeah. because of who batman well, is yeah because batman has to think about this stuff routinely because he's human you know like he that that's <laughs> Almost why he has an army of Robins. It's to to have a legacy after him, and to, the idea of of Batman being a symbol, right? And that's what Superman is. So yeah, it, it means a lot coming from Bruce. Yeah. Uh, oh, for the record, I don't think Batman like when Batman took his first Robin. I don't think there was a plan or a reason for it. It was more just happenstance and. You know, Operation Human Shield is what it was. Come on. <laughs> I read I read All-Star Batman and Robin. Come on now. Uh, no, don't use that as the example. <laughs> <laughs> that demented old Frank Miller yeah. with all his nonsense. Uh, uh, oh, you mean the Rorschach character, Frank Miller? Uh, <laughs> yeah, that one. <laughs> so we cut to John and Damien, who are still hanging out. Uh, Shane Connor's not here to bask in the John and Damien uh, camaraderie. I... I do love it. And they're both in their new costumes, mm -hmm. which is nice. And just, just the idea that Damien's on the run, right? Because of the stuff that he's done that we didn't read in Titans. Yes. <laughs> uh, more on that in Robin. Um, but he still has time to meet with his best friend. And like, that's just like the whole, you know, everyone complaining about splitting up John and, and Damien and, the, the aging up, this still feels like John and Damien Super Sons. The I mean, dynamic I, has not changed. Yeah, th that's, this is a, a core thing they'll keep coming back to, no matter how separate they yeah. are in their stories and their books. Like, the fact that we're going to have yeah. scenes like this where they do meet up and talk about what's going on, or, like, mm -hmm. there's uh, so much to do with these two being best friends throughout their life and all the different things mm -hmm. they're going to end up getting up to. Um, So... Damien, being Damien, doesn't want to open up about his weird issues with his father right now, but John does open <laughs> up, of course, and yeah. talks about uh, how he's worried that, you know, the stories are all kind of weird at this point where it sounds like Superman's going to leave. And he actually, I actually want to read these specifically because obviously some of the stuff that happens later on this issue does kind of incorporate some of this, and then yeah. other things kind of incorporate other parts of it. So right. it says, one report said dad got killed in the breach another one talked about a right. big alien armada attacking atlantis now not attacking atlantis but there is an armada that shows armada. up there in the issue yeah, yeah. Uh, that did not escape me and then history professors had a theory that cersei banished him to another dimension and then that kind of sounds like some of that house of l stuff that we that is that house of l yeah. stuff because that's what we found out with the, the one son um yeah but see what i like about this is that 
time in the future is not concrete. So the fact that there's there's right, so I, many of these. Can I, can I say the last one yeah. before you go into your, oh, your theory here? Uh, so, and it says the last one is that he got poisoned or something. And right before he died, a ship of Kryptonians came from the stars and took him home. Which again, technically the armada that comes at the end does have enslaved Kryptonians on it in this issue. Yes. But also, uh, the ship of Kryptonians also kind of sounds kind of House of L-esque as well. So there's a lot yes, of it, like parts of all these theories that sound yeah. like they kind of connect to things. Yeah, for yes, sure. Your point. What, and, what you saying? But no, but all my point is like, so he's he's looking at this from the 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 Legion's perspective. But as we know from comics is that time is, is not concrete, you know, and especially in the future. So like the fact that there's so many different, like they don't even know, they just know something happened to Superman at this point, And then it just kind of falls off. Um, and so I get John being worried about that, but the fact that they, there's so many, he doesn't know what to go on. So he, despite him thinking he knows, he doesn't know more than any of the rest of us do. You know, so I I do like that. Um, it's it's that from from what I understand of Doctor Who that that's the definition of timey wimey, right? Like, okay. yeah, right. Like you can't like time has ebbs and flows, and it'll eventually right itself, or you know, not not right, but you know, fix itself and and whatnot. But I I do like that, and that he's kind of at a loss because. He thinks he has all the answers, but really he's just as lost as you know Superman is in all of this. Um, but yeah, no, this this I really love this moment between these two, and just them staring at the sunset wherever they are. I'm trying to see because it doesn't it doesn't actually say where they are, but it looks like it's somewhere. I don't want to uh, generalize a location and be completely wrong. Um, well, they're mentioned they're eating a, a Pajmati roll. Uh, yeah, so that that tells me maybe somewhere near India, based off of the word. Yeah, it looks like, yeah, it looks certainly that sort of yeah region or of maybe, Asia for sure. Yeah, but uh, but he says a Pajmati roll is from the future. <laughs> that's so, true. Why am I looking that up? <laughs> that's oh yeah, help. oh yeah. He says it's, <laughs> this, he says this is like a Pajmati roll. Sorry, yes, that yeah. was the actual line of dialogue. No, you're right because I started googling it and it didn't <laughs> come up, and I was like, wait, it's because it's not a real thing, dummy. Um, <laughs> maybe yeah. soon, soon there'll be a DC wiki page for it, so there will be a result yes. when you search it, but not yeah. right now. Well, yeah, wherever they are, it seems you know Middle East, India, kind of vibe, just based off the architecture. Um. Maybe, I don't know. It, it, either way, that sunset that they're looking at where uh, at the end, they're in silhouette, and John's like, you sure you don't want to talk about the stuff with your dad? And Damien just sighs. He goes, because we can. Like that, man, that's the stuff that I missed with these two. But it's good that we don't get it all the time because then you won't appreciate it. Yeah, it feels special when it does. Yeah, yeah it so, feels special right here, and it feels like Johnson has it down. So then we cut to... The place we don't quite understand right away, uh, you know, but it becomes clear that Lois is, and we see how she's doing this in a minute, because uh, I wasn't sure if they'd actually were shrinking down to go into the Candor City bottle or what, but it's more of a projection thing. But Lois mm-hmm. is in the library in Candor, uh, basically researching for a book she's writing. Yeah. Um, and she's not really that concerned when Superman shows up, uh, and they embrace. You know, she's not that. She's like, oh, Batman say you should talk to John about being a replacement. Uh, you know, whatever. Uh, Batman's probably grunting a lot, but 
she's like, hey, even death didn't kill you, so I, I'm not that worried. And she also says that if she actually did believe he, something bad was going to happen to him and that he could die, then she would never be okay again because he's constantly in right. situations. So uh, that, this was a nice sort of, you know, this was like just a nice bit of proof. If, 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 I don't know if we've had much Clark and Lois from Johnson yet, but this was a nice yeah. little, uh, just a couple of pages to show he gets it. <laughs> well, yeah, and you know she's writing a book about Krypton, mm-hmm. which I think is real cool. I, I like the idea of Lois not so much because with how newspapers and stuff are now, it does feel true that she would have gotten fame as a Pulitzer Prize-winning journalist that then transitioned to being a nonfiction writer, right? Mm-hmm. So the fact, like in in the Rucka book, she was writing a book, right? And now here with Johnson, she's writing another book that seems about Krypton. It's not her first book, uh, is the point, yes. This is now her second book right. she's writing. <laughs> and so I like that that's what they're doing here. But she basically talks about how the Kryptonian civilization was at a higher point than, than Earth is right now. And and because of that, uh, you know, te- technically they were older. So that's why they seem more advanced. And their enlightenment, its industrial revolution, and its wars over fossil fuels and Water, they were all behind. So instead of searching for uh, resources or technology, it became a marriage of sciences that drove them and that at the end of the day, they were all artists. And that's something new I've never thought about the Kryptonians. And that is kind of the marriage of art and, and technology and their social class system. That just, Johnson just added a whole other, you know, layer. Because she, she says here that Kryptonian artists didn't just practice their craft on framed canvases and murals, they applied it to every brick and stone, every thought and sound of movement. Um, so yeah, it just, it makes Krypton seem that much more unique because, you know, I think that I think at it, this point we've seen a lot of Krypton, right? I think it uh, maybe, it, I mean, not that all of Krypton, even what we see in this Kandor City uh, yeah. applies to this, but, you know, the, the whole idea of the, the, the idea that a crystal can just like build yeah. a fortress, right? The idea that, Right. That that feels like an art project. It feels like someone thought about yeah. this and sculpted the, what the fortress would be, Jor-El presumably, and then the crystal was able to sort of make it out of the ice of, of you know the Arctic. It, yeah. it, it's interesting. Uh, but yeah, Kalex right. wakes them up or brings them out of the the thing, and Projection. says, "Hey, there's vessels coming into into orbit," and he's mm-hmm. like, "Wait, plural?" And we get this full page spread of a giant warship with all the little uh, fighter pilots, essentially, uh-huh. around it. And Superman goes to fight. He says, okay, get the League, get them on board, uh, make sure they know what's going on. John yep. shows up. He calls the other Kryptonians, but John's the first one to show yep. up. And they go fighting. And the cliffhanger of the, the main story is that when he rips open into the ship, uh, the person, or maybe even both people that he ends up seeing, mm-hmm. Uh, are two Kryptonian people in chains, but she's got a huge sword yeah. and she's there to help fight Superman, um, presumably against her will. Uh, but very yeah. interesting. So, so, so yeah, he notices that the the little fighter jets are firing on the bigger ship, yeah, which doesn't seem because it looks like they're the escort, but it looks you know he puts together that they're firing on the ship for a reason, uh, and he says that he can't see through the ship's hull, but he can hear something and it's this phrase that is in like that he realizes is a prayer in a dead kryptonian language yeah actually I so just... not only are they kryptonian it's like old old krypton yeah it's just you like know? you know an un- it was like a dead language even you know by the yeah. time krypton died 
I, uh, I, I just said the dirty fight Superman. Yeah. I think I might have misread that slightly. I think maybe mm-hmm. what's happening. I like. I, I think when I read this earlier today, and I read that the ships were firing on the main ship. Yeah. I kind of took it. I don't know how I took it, but now I'm re- reconsidering okay. it. Your mic's going, by the yeah. way. Uh, now yeah. I'm reconsidering it into. Oh no, this is like a because seemingly. Seemingly, that th- these ships were coming to Earth anyway because they want Superman, because that ties into the right. earlier stuff with Mongol. The war world. But, uh, is the reason why the other ships are firing on the main ship because these uh, prisoners are escaping and they're, like, rioting? That's, it- that's what I took it as. Is uh, they were firing on that ship because they were trying to get away, you know, uh, and that... How I'm putting it together is that Mongol, if he thinks that Superman's the key to war world if he knows where other kryptonians are that that's the way to get superman right the, you know yeah well, well the question i have is were they still because given that the opening scene that sets up the idea that yeah. mongol will come for superman in some fashion mm-hmm. it would lead me to believe that these ships were coming to earth anyway and that maybe mm-hmm. this riot just happened when they were already nearly here maybe or because if, if it wasn't the case if, if this if this big ship has been commandeered although yeah. it doesn't look like they're flying it yet it looks like they're just kind of rummaging yeah. through the halls um it would be a bit coincidental i think for me to swallow that a war world related ship happened mm-hmm. to end up at earth with superman right as yeah. all this stuff is you know being suggested to him at the same time so right. my assumption right now is that this was coming here anyway with all these ships mm-hmm. and then these kryptonians have been trying to fight their way out uh yeah so because well, yeah that's what i was getting at that if mongol knows where you know enslaved kryptonians are he would know that's the way to get to superman right like you're not you're not going to do a frontal attack on earth and attack it that way you're going to attack his almost his heritage uh, you know wait, hi, and, so, and, wait hi, are you suggesting that they're intentionally firing on these other kryptonians in superman's field of vision as a ploy he not, not just as a ploy that that he's Mongol has tried full frontal assaults on Superman before, right? In, in continuity, and it never works for him. So, so what is he going to do? He's going to attack something else. We don't really have the Candor City anymore for extra Kryptonians. Yeah. No, but what, what so, I'm asking, what I'm asking yeah. though is, are you saying that all of this is a ruse for Superman? No, no, no. Or do you? Because, because, I, I, I do think something has went awry in the plan here, whatever it was. Yeah. I, I do think. What you're saying with them having the riot as they're on their way makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I'm saying the reason that there are Kryptonians on that ship is part of the ploy to get Superman. Oh, sure, yeah. And, it, and, it, and it's backfired on Mongol, but it's still going to lead to Superman on War World. On, you on, know? Yeah, because this is an interesting idea that some of the people that he's mm-hmm. going to save by being on War World and rescuing mm-hmm. all the, the prisoners, if some of the, those are Kryptonian, it adds an extra little layer to the, the yeah. heroic... I mean, he'll save everyone. He's Superman, right. but it adds a little right. personal touch to it yeah yeah uh and, and uh, just in the way that i know that people have said when when you add more kryptonians it makes superman less special and i never really agreed with that because what makes superman special was that he was you know raised by the kents and that that's what it does it not just that he's the last kryptonian is that he's a kryptonian by heritage but a kent by you know the way that he was raised you know and they raised him properly and this is how we get superman um so the fact that there's there might be other kryptonians because you know that they kind of done this before that's where the daxamites come from mm. is the whole idea that the kryptonians at one point were spacefaring and colonizing and daxam was once a colony of krypton 
So just the idea that there's other types of Kryptonians out there, and of course Mongol would be, you know, collecting others as slaves and whatnot, and these ones happen to be Kryptonian. It might be that, or it might be he went out knowing where there's other Kryptonians as a ploy to get to Superman. Um, yeah. And it backfired. I mean, who knows? But I do like how, again, that, that Johnson's almost taking this, you know, there's there's a um, fantasy aspect to it, but there's also, he's smashing it together with sci-fi here. Because just the way that that prayer is written out, it seems like something from, again, from, I said it when we talked about Superman, uh, the Superman book, it feels very John Carter of Mars, you know, which is that kind of fantasy sci-fi you know, proto superhero book kind of deal. So, um, I'm just, yeah, I, I love it. It's a good fresh look for Superman because, and it's really not like outside of Mongol and, and you know what I said about cyborg Superman early on, it's really not playing with Superman, like continuity. Like this isn't a Lex thing. This isn't Brainiac. So, you know, or so far or anything, it's all like new and fresh, which I think is kind of what we've been needing for the Superman for a while now. Yeah, no, I, I can't argue with that that final point. I, yeah, I I I'm super intrigued. Like, I I don't know what I expect because I, I think I I kind of shoehorned in or or uh, mm-hmm. honed in on the idea that this was all just kind of an elaborate trap for Superman. Mm-hmm. Uh, but sort of talking about it a bit more and thinking about it a bit more. Yeah. Um, something has went wrong with whatever the plan was here, uh, unless it is truly a great ruse where you know this is all staged to lure him in. Yeah. But I mean. I would expect that they'll deal with the action next issue and then he'll actually try and talk to these two characters. Um, uh-huh. I, I, you know, but maybe, you know, these characters have been enslaved for so long, maybe they're going to be, you know, hard to trust anyone and maybe go fighting well, right. first. And maybe they're speaking a dead Kryptonian language because they've been enslaved for that long that, you know, like that's oh, possibly all they know. Right, because this is also peeling back a super dingy, like piece of the DC cosmic universe, right? Where you're talking about slavery and you know Mongol, uh, you know usurping his father, you know by straight up murdering him and stuff, and like <laughs> it's 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 very dirty and, and icky, um, and and I don't you know how do you disinfect that? You know you, you shine a light on it and it happens this happens to be Superman. You know, I mean, this I mean, is that's, all, that's this what is, we got from Future State. This is all set up so we can tell, you know, it's effectively Gladiator, but with Superman on an alien yeah. gladiatorial combat ring. Yeah. And there's so much potential of him freeing everyone and sort of rising and like sort of... Because mm-hmm. one of my favorite parts of those uh, those two issues we got in Future State was, you know, that, that sort of like, no, my will will not break. You know, when, when Mongo's like, oh, mm-hmm. eventually, you know, I'm going to break you. And then when you actually do see Earth again. You're not going to be the person you were. You're going to be so different that it's not going to be right. the same. And it's all about, no, no, the, the will of Superman and the integrity and the the, mm-hmm. the endurance of Superman and sort of you know, being who he is no matter what. So all that is like a super... So the idea that there's these Kryptonians who might be quite savage because they've been in such horrible conditions for so long, mm-hmm. um, that, this could be kind of the start of that, that hopeful touch yeah. of like him basically gaining their trust eventually it may take some time i mean i don't know where we're going with this right away mm-hmm. but uh very intrigued i yeah no the issue was great i, I think i think f- this issue 
and this is not to belittle the last two issues of Superman and the last issue of mm-hmm. Action. I think this is the first issue of this these this Keddy Johnson run that is kind of being what I was expecting after those two uh-huh. amazing issues of Future State. This is this was the one that felt like oh this is delivering the promise of an ongoing book that mm-hmm. is tying to that and feels like those where the the way Batman talks about Superman, the way Superman talks to Lois about himself and John replacing him, all of this feels like it's fitting into that mold and everything I loved about those two issues. So this for me, as far as out, out of the four issues of Keddy Johnson Superman, although as we now know, he's not actually going to continue Superman. He's only there for yeah. a few issues before Taylor takes over. But out of his ongoing run of the Superman books, this is by far my favorite issue uh, of what he's done. I mean, it's hard to argue with the, with those four because I, I got to pull out the House of L and Future State stuff. But this this was really good. Like, I went to Twitter after I read it this week and went, like, it's really, 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 really good. Um, and it just feels good to, you know, because as much as I like the Bendis stuff and I hate to compare it outright, but it just, it has a different vibe, right? Like this is more instantly to me, like the way that, that Bendis took over by, you know, the whole Man of Steel thing and reintroducing Jor-El and just taking his big, huge swings. It's nice that Johnson's... <laughs> if this hooded figure at the start turns out to be Jor-El, oh. I'm going to be mad. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. Double down on that one. Um, but yeah. Or the whole Rogel Czar thing. Like, I appreciate what Bendis was trying to do. This just feels to me more true to the Superman character. I don't know. Mm. Uh, you know, just for, for what he represents and how he's going to do. And we see him, you know, doing his, his fatherly duties and acting as, as a husband with, with Lois and whatnot. And so, yeah, it just it feels a lot closer to what I expect from Superman. And again, that's not to say I didn't enjoy the Bendis stuff because I enjoyed most of it, but this just feels more of what I... I mean, I, I, I thought I mean, Bendis... I mean, we do this every time. We always seem to start talking about the last run whenever we're talking about yeah. the current book, so mm-hmm. I'm not going to fall into that trap. Uh, yeah. But... Yeah, but no, Kennedy Johnson Superman's looking good. There was a lot of things I liked in Bendis' run, the revealing of his identity in particular, but... Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I'm going. To, I'm going to start telling you off for doing that because you do that every time, Matt. <laughs> no, I do because I just for me that's it's how it's <laughs> it's it's easier for me to get my thoughts around it, you know, just because they are constants. Like I've always read, like there are books that I've always read up until you know almost recently are, are like Superman and Flash, so it's easy for me to compare it to the stuff that I really like or I didn't like or whatever, you know. And those are both books that it takes me a while to, to drop and lose interest in, you know, but it's happened. There's been, you know, a couple times or each of them. It's called the new you know, 52. Yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's what it's called. Um, but yeah, no, I, I love this. I, I think it, it, it felt, Superman felt like he had that, that aura around him of importance of the, like what he means to everyone else. And we hear it from multiple places. I think that's what's so smart about this issue is that we have Batman's opinion on Superman we have Lois's opinion on Superman. We have John's opinion on Superman, and I mean, Lois talks. I mean, Lois and Batman both talk directly to Superman himself. John's is kind of separate and talking to his his peer, which I think is an inter- interesting distinction because he is of the new generation. You know, we're, you know, Lois and uh, Bruce are part of Superman's world. They're part of his generation. Mm-hmm. They're his peers, whereas John is next up. So. I do think it's kind of notable that he's not talking directly to Superman about his worries. He's talking to his friend. He's talking to right. someone he, he, he confides in a, a way different than you do with your parents. 
Um, so I think all of this builds this idea that this is very much, this book is very much about Superman. And I know that's just like a weird thing to say. It's action comics. Of course it's about Superman. But this, so, sometimes stories feel like they need to actually make it really about who the main character is and that it's them that's at the center of it and mm-hmm. it's them that's important. So having everyone be defined in this issue by how they're concerned about him. And I think the fact that Superman himself isn't that concerned like makes us concerned because he's not mm-hmm. taking it seriously enough or he's not arrogant because Superman's not arrogant, but more he's no, not seeing he... the threat the same way everyone else is. No, because he's invulnerable and he never has to take that type of stuff serious. You know, yet there's something going on with him, you know, that even Batman's concerned. You know, so if Batman's concerned, you know, it's not something to be taken lightly. So, yeah, so. Really good. Uh, like I say, the art was uh, wonderful. Um, the horror stuff of those first few pages, and then the contrast of the Superman stuff with the with the bright blues. Um, mm-hmm. Sam Pierre. I think Sam Pierre is one of those artists I forget I really like, and then I read another yeah. issue with his art, and I'm like, oh wait a minute, Daniel Sam Pierre is really good. <laughs> yeah, I like Sam Pierre a lot too. And it's not the first um, time I've said that where I've read another issue by his. It's been a little while, which is why I've forgotten. Yeah. But I've definitely said that before. Where. I'm surprised when I look at his art again and go, oh yeah, that's right, this guy's really good. Yeah, I mean, the fact that he's kind of following up Janin and not really losing a step, you know, with the world stuff from the mm-hmm. design of Mongol, and it, you know, th- th- those are big shoes to follow up. And I think Sam Beard doesn't stumble at all. Um, but especially like that, how, like you're talking about the contrast in the Mongol stuff, and you turn the page and it's this bright blue you know, with Superman doing, you know, the almost the danger room kind of test to test out his powers um, to what the library looks like in the fortress. You know, those are all vastly different and he nails all of them. Yeah. All right. What are you giving action comments? Uh, I'm in this one a nine. What a shock. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm going to give it an 8.5. I think I'm, I'm there. So. Action and Detective both doing good things for yeah. me this week. Mm-hmm. Um, Robin, issue one. Joshua Williamson writing with Gleb Melnikov on there. I said his mm-hmm. name right. Uh, so there you go. this is obviously the tournament book where he's going off to the tournament of uh, Lazarus. The League of Lazarus. Yes. But it's the tournament of Lazarus. Tournament of Lazarus. Yeah. Yeah. League of Lazarus tournament. You know, and after watching Mortal Kombat last weekend and just seeing this type of stuff, it's very Mortal Kombat, this. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, down to the way this ends, it's, it's very... Um, well, so, so yeah. it was actually meant to be more of the original movie at one point, because yeah. he's actually waiting for a boat, and then the yeah. boat takes him to the island. I was like, this is way yeah. more Mortal Kombat than 1995. Uh, yeah. Also, a little bit Enter the Dragon, which I guess is actually kind of the inspiration mm-hmm. that Mortal Kombat took, so yeah, I guess definitely. Enter the Dragon's a better comparison, but... Also, yeah, and I'm, and I'm getting Immortal Iron Fist vibes. You know, with the different the sure. different groups having champions that are fighting for them, and yeah. So the first couple of pages is kind of like a, a history, or the first page is a history of who yeah. Damien is, and mm-hmm. then there's a nice page that just to establish that Batman's looking for Damien, uh, and I love the status of the Bat family right now because Batman's like, hey, everyone report in, and like Nightwing's like, nah, uh, nothing at Titans Tower, or Bloodhaven. Mm-hmm. Tim's like, you know, Arkham Asylum's clear. Uh, the Batgirls are like, nope. Uh, his places, you know, all, all of his animals are fed and you know well taken care of, but he's gone. Mm-hmm. And then Oracle at the end, it, it was just a nice little line of like, 
I like this. I like this established bar family where they're all mm -hmm. out in the world right now. This is good. Feels, feels very nice. It feels very nice. I haven't felt this way since before the New 52, in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, so Bruce is concerned uh, and talks about how, you know, Damien wants to be Batman, but he kind of glosses over uh, the time it took for me to become Batman. I think Babs puts it as, yeah, he thinks, you know, you spent years training to become a superhero overnight. You know, the irony mm -hmm. of that statement, which is, it wasn't overnight. It, there was years of this traveling and training and all the rest of it. Yeah, it it's that old saying, like, with bands, is that you're, you work hard for 15 years to become an overnight sensation. Yeah. It, yeah, same, same vibe. So, Damien's in a, just a regular cage fight. It's a, mm -hmm. a qualifying match, almost, to go to the, yeah, the tournament. Yeah, against Kingsnake. Yeah. Um, which, I didn't realize Kingsnake is Bane's dad. I don't so, know that either. I've learned something yeah. today. Well, this um, is this is Williamson flexing because he's done his research yeah. and he's flexing oh. his writing muscles. He's like, look at this. Look, look what I know. You don't know anything, you not, bunch of marks. Not only that, do you know where Kingsnake first debuted? I don't actually. Where did he first? Robin debut? number two from nineteen ninety one. So okay, th okay. This is this is beyond flexing. This yeah. is he's doing the the whole Hulk Hogan routine at this point in the ring. <laughs> he just ripped his shirt off. Uh, <laughs> hey, you know what? This is the type of stuff I read comics for, and I'm a yeah. continuity wonk. So the fact if you're going to play with that type of stuff, because again, I was like, King Snake's familiar, and I'm sure I've read him in books before. I mean, he's a dude with a, a you know, martial artist with a snake tattooed on his chest. Uh, of course he stands out, but like him just adding the stuff in here and then him talking about, oh, you know, the, the, it gets revealed later in the book. He's, you know, that. Oh, that was Bane's dad, so it had extra meaning. Yeah, so so it's like, Bane. you know, Damien might have targeted this guy especially because of what uh -huh. happened to Alfred. But the fact that yeah. this is also a cool reference to the the, the, the very, you know, second issue of Robin from back in the day oh. is a really neat touch. Uh, so yeah, they have a fight, of course. Uh, Damien knees the bastard right in the face. Uh, yeah, That's a V-trigger. That ain't just a knee. <laughs> he, he lined it up. It's a... I don't know. No, I would say it's more of a, more of a Daniel Bryan flying uh, knee. Because of where the yeah, other leg the, is, the I would Kenta, say. Yeah, the Kenta flying knee, I guess. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's true. So he cracks him right in the face. Uh, the R's very good, by the way. Melnikov is uh, doing good things here. I, I think the, the, the white background, when it's just playing with the black and red of his mm -hmm. outfit, is a really nice, yep. you know, simple touch. Um, honestly, him imitating the uh, the manga page when uh, mm -hmm. Damien's reading this book, which, honestly, the flow of this page threw me off a little bit. Yeah. Um, because I read it wrong, because I went down to the panel beneath. That's this is why they always tell you that doing the vertical panel on the right side of the page is more difficult to pull off. Wow. I didn't even think about to read it backwards. That's why it doesn't make sense. I thought it just makes sense because I don't know mag manga. <laughs> <laughs> I read this page like four times. I didn't get it first right. either. But do you know yeah. what? Here's the thing: not everyone who reads comics reads manga, so I didn't immediately go, "I want to read this backwards," because manga reads the other way around. Oh man, this is hilarious. I mean, the the, the sentiment still is there that why he's connecting to this. Yes, you know, it's about a, a painter whose parents told him that uh, you know. He has to follow a plan if if he wants to be the best painter, you know. So, and and then, yeah. I I love uh, Damien having you know like you know in his head ghost style. And I know we kind of did this with Bruce already, but 
I think Damien feels the most responsible because he was there. And I feel like he's the kid. There's a reason. Yeah. You know, so he, he has a lot of guilt walking around. He has a lot of guilt. Uh, I think I love the idea that it never shows you his face properly. You see, you know, bottom of a mouth. You see, you know, it's a bit more mystical the way it's kind of presented. Yeah. Um, and it's, you know, it's Alfred that says, hey, did you go after him because he's Ben's father? Was this like a, a revenge thing? And mm-hmm. Damien plays it off as, no, no, he was just next in line. There, there's nothing to it. Yeah. Uh, but I, I, I think this is a, a nice little mechanic to play with Damien because Damien's a character who maybe needs the uh, the guilt trip in his ear a bit more. Yeah. Not because of what happened to Alfred, just because he's, he's such an arrogant little shit. Right. No, he needs, he needs to. That, that's the only way that he's going to process it if it comes from somewhere else, because he's not going to actually have it come from within. That he almost needs someone telling him why he's such a little shit. And there's so much atmosphere here, because, you know, when the mysterious mm-hmm. figure comes and gives him his token to say that he's in the tournament, you know, I, you get that creaky night at the docks, you know, small town, there's a, you know, old ship over yonder kind of thing. Uh, but he hasn't bother paying attention to the rules he, he mm-hmm. just kind of smirks says whose rules as if he's that much of a badass he gives all of his prize money to this family who's like struggling and homeless and they're all happy so it, it's like as much as he's a little dick yeah no pun intended no <laughs> much, he's not yeah he's closer to a little jason yeah as right? much as he's a little dick he uh, does have yeah. a heart and that's nice but yeah, that, that ship ride was very, you know, Skull Island. We have to get through the storm barrier to get to the mysterious island where everything is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, very much that. Uh, we have a bunch of C-list and D-list villains uh, who are on the ship. That's so, it. Yeah. I don't know who most of these are, but I recognize the names that they had to fight. Um, and it also yes. is good that it it's, again, talk about um, Williamson flexing is these aren't the typical ones that you would think. Right, Bronze Tiger's not here because you can't have him in a tournament where he might die, right? Because mm-hmm. he's a pretty or or it, Richard it, Dragon. It's Suicide Squad know? rules. The, you know they have yeah. to be expendable. Now there is a couple of unknown faces. Rose is there, mm-hmm. of course, and she actually is like the sensible yeah. one who says, "Hey, Damien, what are you doing here? Like you, you, you yeah. don't know what this is." Um, but uh, you I also noticed the Raptor uh kicking around. Was a if I'm less mistaken, is, no? Is, is it? Uh, next, uh, hold on. I'm sure. I'm sure. Raptor. Is that is that another Raptor? Uh, Where? Which page? So when she says, "I am Mother Soul," the panel underneath that, yeah. and they're all looking sideways. You're, you you are. That is him. Yeah. I completely looked over him because I'm looking at, uh, not Catman with the red eyes. <laughs> that, that's where my eyes go first. Yeah. So. And yeah, there's Raptor. There's the two twins who I recognize their masks, but I can't. You know, they're directly under him. Yeah, um, then let's like Connor Hawk. You've and then got the other. You've got not but, Deathstroke who calls himself Respawn. Yeah, which yeah, I'm sure his power. He's gonna be kind of is it Kid Eternity? Mm. I'm sure when he dies, he respawns as someone else. I like having Rose here, which I think we even suggested mm-hmm. when we were saying who could be at the tournament. Yeah. Um, I think it's a great idea because it gives us a character, like another character who we can root for and like, and I assume is going to become something of an ally uh, as this goes yeah. on. Now, admittedly, we do have to address it. So immediately, Damien, being the little shit that he is, interrupts, you know, Mother Soul, the leader of this whole tournament, uh-huh. right? She's the one announcing, oh, but opening ceremony, we're going to have a feast, which is, again, is very old, you know, Mortal Kombat uh, and Enter the Dragon. But Damien's like, no, nah, why don't we start now? He takes off his cape. You know, I'm here to fight. Let's fight. I am Robin. I'm son of the bat, heir to the demon, blah, 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 blah. He does his whole speech. And so that's other, you know, 
villain who I assume is new, Flatline, shows up. And I don't yep, like he's his, one of the new ones. I like his comeback though. He says, "Oh, about like the one you're about to have." It's a good comeback. Uh huh. It's a good comeback. However, they start fighting. It's going back and forth, and I love, I love that he goes for the knee, the same knee that he won the fight earlier yeah. on with. He goes for the knee, and she blocks it with her knee, which again yep. is very much, it's very much Kenny going for the V trigger and someone catching yep. it, right? It's that moment, and he's like, wait, what? And then we get one little tease, on Lazarus Island, the face her to the death, and the final page, she's holding his heart, and there's a hole in Damien's chest. Yep. Fatality. It's a fatality! Yep. So, yep. obviously, yep. we're not, you know, Damien's going to be back somehow next issue. It's, guys, uh, it's the League of Lazarus. Nobody yes. actually dies on this island. However, you I just d- lose. Do they have an explanation, though, for why he's not going to have the, the, the Jason bloodlust? <laughs> um because i'm i'm getting here's my thing is on the league of lazarus because they're in this realm it affects different right mm. it's whatever mother soul is doing right because the whole idea of them coming out of, of the lazarus pit crazy is that the whole process of coming back to life breaks your brain and you basically have to relearn and so all over the course of years even raz al ghul hasn't mastered it you know, so I always like to go, however, on this island, maybe where the Lazarus pits originate from or the magic or whatever. Ma- so the question I would have then is uh-huh. next issue, are they officially just going to pick up his body and throw him in because this was not an official fight? Therefore, yeah. uh, we'll just resurrect him. He's learned his lesson uh, and then he's in for the tournament proper. Or is like Rose, say, going to intentionally like have to like sneak his body to a pit and wake him back up? Like maybe because, and I feel like Connor Hawk, we want you, you want an antagonistic relationship with him. Mm-hmm. But the fact that someone mentions that Connor, he's your biggest threat here, I almost feel like he has something to prove. So oh, maybe, yeah, maybe here. maybe he'll help like, bring him back because he wants to prove it. Yeah, he, yeah, he's uh, I don't watch Dragon Ball Z, but I believe that's called Goku rules where you want to beat mm. someone at their highest potential. Well, I mean, if you go uh, back to wrestling, uh, Ric Flair, yeah. if you want to be the man, you got to beat the man. Beat the man. Right, exactly. <laughs> so, um... That said, though, given the flatline just won, I feel like she's yeah. now the one to beat, but whatever. <laughs> so... Right, but again, it wasn't an actual uh, yes. fight. It was a pre-match. <laughs> this, is, this is a dark match. It's yes. never to be aired. So, damn, I'm trying to find those other two characters the twins but, yeah um yeah and i can't find them but they look so familiar uh so yeah yes so obviously he's coming back i i mean if i was to put a guess on it i would say that they're just going to say well throw him in the pit immediately is it you know officially mm-hmm. there's no sneakiness we're just going to bring him back immediately and he's learned his lesson because he just got his heart ripped out <laughs> and he looked mm-hmm. at his own heart as he died <laughs> it's a hell of an yeah, ending so, called, that's why she's called fire i got to that pit. i was not expecting that yeah right i was not expecting damien to die in the back. So this makes him the second Robin to die. Well, if he can't, Stephanie. That wasn't an actual death, though. Um, mm, yeah, technically third. Uh, yeah, technically. Yeah. I, yeah, I mean, I don't know if we really count this, though, to be honest, because given the fact that it'll be sure. back the very next issue, I, I don't think <laughs> we're going to have a lasting impression of death. I do think the final page is great, and it really does make it feel like Mortal Kombat. And... Mm-hmm. I had a lot of fun with this. I, I think this was exactly this sort of silly Damien being a little shit and like being, you know, basically eating, you know, eating his own words is that I wanted it to be. And it's part mm-hmm. of why Damien's such a fun character and having Rose there as well. I think it's a great choice. This is, this was, this was great. I mean, 
<laughs> Admittedly, I remember saying, you know, is there any reason why that previous thing couldn't have been issue one uh, instead it, of... This feels like its own thing, though. This feels like, though, that does feel like a prelude. Yeah. But the tone's almost different than that. You know? Like, that is definitely a zero issue, not an issue one. I, I think it... After reading this. Yeah, I think in a way, what separates it is that the backups and stuff were in a bat book, and it was it was taken a bit more seriously with uh, Tally and all that. I think now that Damien's actually taking the reins as the main character, his humor and his heart and all the things that come with his character uh, feel that they're at center stage. So... Definitely. So, yeah. That's oh, cool. It's going to drive me nuts till I find these guys. Uh, and the art's really good. Uh, Melnikov, I think, I wasn't sure what to expect exactly. I, I've seen mm -hmm. his, seen the work before, of course, but yeah. Um, I, I think the fighting looks really good. I love that the the move that he uses to win at the start is used again at the end, and it gets blocked because immediately. Mm -hmm. it, it, I know we keep comparing it to wrestling as a joke, almost because it, we don't yeah. annoy Connor, even though Connor's not here. But yeah. I actually do think it's a really good comparison to wrestling because that's how they tell stories in wrestling. You have someone block mm -hmm. someone's finisher, and it's like, oh wait a minute, they they've got something up their sleeve. Well, as long, as long as you're not spamming the finish, right? NXT style. Oh, of course. The, yeah. Suddenly they don't mean anything. And like, if I have to see Adam Cole do Panama that... Sunrise one more damn time, I'm going to lose it. Um, this, is, yeah. this is how Matt makes things last too long, is that I can make a comparison. And he takes that as an opportunity to give an opinion on something that's not related I'm to saying, anything. I love than... Adam Cole. Don't, don't, give me, don't get me wrong, but Panama Sunrise is a garbage move. Yeah, his girlfriend's better. A hundred percent. And I love Adam Cole, but like Britt Baker DMD, come on now. She's, uh, she's starting to rival. Like she's making a push. She is making like, a push. It's like her and Sasha Banks right now. Like, yes, but, um, but she has the advantage because the company she's in actually does smart booking. So they, they actually care about yeah. her character development, not just Sasha caring about I, her character development. Yes. Sa Sasha never weighing a match at WrestleMania. Despite and it feels like it wasn't intentional, it's just that every time they've got bad plans for. Her. I don't know, it's weird. Anyway, and that match was fantastic. Anyways, um, yeah. So no, definitely, this is. I I can't wait to read more. Yes. Of this. So it's like Williamson, when he's really inspired, he's one of my favorite writers, hands down. It's like all of Nailbiter, about seventy percent of the Flash. I really really love. Um, but but yeah like this this is automatically jumped to just this one issue has jumped him to, to the top of my list when it comes to dc stuff I, I, I think he's getting better i think it's the stuff that a lot of stuff i liked in the flash although it obviously did go downhill but even mm -hmm. when it was at his best it still oh it had rough edges a lot of the time and that that was just kind of expected i think his batman superman stuff once it got out of crossover territory felt better than his flash stuff did typically mm -hmm. and i think this again feels so confident and it's so focused and refined that I think this might end up being his best book at DC uh, once we've had enough of it to really make that mm -hmm. opinion. And then that hopefully just means that next time it's even better. Then, you know, every time he gets a new new character, new run, new, you know, family of things to do, that hopefully that just keeps going. And given that they're positioning him and Tynan uh, as being like two of the, yeah. You know the the main kind of writers who Voices are going forward. orchestrating the events and stuff yeah. like that and whatnot. Uh, that's cool. So, uh, we giving Rob an issue one. Uh, there's an eight point five. Am I giving my third book an eight point five, or am I or am I going to go out on the limb and say that? Yeah, you know what? I'm going to stretch this to the nine. I I 
I think I'm impressed that this is such a good Robin issue one that and the action's good, it was witty, it told its story well, the ending was unexpected, uh, it was a great visual, and the fact that this launched right after a new Mortal Kombat movie is just perfect timing. <laughs> it is. And it's better than the movie. And it is better than the movie, yeah. I That was the biggest thing from last week, is everyone talking about how great it was, and, like, sure, it's fun. That it was not I a mean, good movie. It wasn't everyone like, talking about it. There was a lot of negativity no, 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 no. I, I, A lot of people were talking about how great it was, and, like, you can't criticize it because it's not trying to be good. However, that's not how criticism works, is that there can be huge story flaws, and you can still have a good time. Like, I love the Fast movies. They're not all good, you know? So I None get of them it, are good, but, like, but that's... Fast Five, Fast Five is pretty damn great. They pull a bank. They, 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 they pull a bank vault behind cars. That's pretty good. Uh, I'm not on board. Uh, so, moving, <laughs> moving on. Huh? Teen Titans Academy issue two. Tim Sheridan writing with Rafa Sandoval on the art. Speaking of not good, <laughs> I can't help it. Is this where my streak ends? Uh, where my I'll tell you this is where my streak ends because uh, uh, look, it's not terrible. However, it's not a. The tone is just weird for me. It definitely, you know, how we used to say that Lemire wanted to do a. Fantastic Four books so much that it led him to do the Terrifics. Mm-hmm. I feel like Sheridan wants to do an X-Men book so much that it's leading him to do the Titans Academy. Which I think would is perfectly fine as a concept. Uh, I, yeah. I, I, like, I was a bit more positive on the first issue than you were. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, I... Definitely like this issue less. I definitely found some... I mean, I, I like some of the ideas and some of the stuff that it's trying to do, but yeah. there's there's prominent moments in this book that I didn't like, uh, including the ending cliffhanger, which is amusing to me because the second book in a few months that's going, hey, you're kind of liking this book? Oh, here's Suicide Squad to like, invade the whole story at the end. Uh, you, you want something that's going to kill you liking something? Here's Suicide Squad. Not by uh, James Gunn. Uh. Or Tom Taylor. Or Tom Taylor. Hey, so that book doesn't even resonate to me as a Suicide Squad book, though, because it's such its own thing. You know I what mean, I mean? It is, but yeah. It, yeah, you it's know called what I mean? Suicide but, Squad, so. Yeah, so there are characters in here I really like. Uh, I love Sheridan's take on Cyborg. I feel his Cyborg feels... Honestly, like, I actually think, for yeah. the most part, I, I mean, I, I like Cyborg cr- cracking the joke mm-hmm. with Beast Boy that uh, him, yeah. b- him between the legs, because it doesn't matter what uh-huh. shape he takes, that always works. Uh, yeah, that's kind of funny. I like that. But I actually think, for the most part, the new characters that he's trying to build up are actually working for me better in a way because it's like, okay, they're completely blank slates. You're giving me this idea that uh, Stitch is like the ragdoll-looking one, doesn't want to be roommates with the other dude, so he's paying the other guy off in another room to try and swap with him because he hates yeah, running with him. Like they're swapping. The other guy doesn't want to go with uh, uh, what's his name? The other one here is it Roundhouse? Roundhouse, yeah. Yeah, he doesn't want a room with Randhouse. He doesn't like him, and so they're trying to swap around. And I, I like all that. And this, this, this mysterious Matt character, who they compared to to Connor Kent, which I thought <laughs> was hilarious. Um, I like his whole vibe and how he does chess to sharpen his mind. And it seems a very vil- villainous thing, but again, that feels like a red herring, right? Uh, it's a red herring. I, I think we're obviously yeah. maybe thinking maybe he's Red X, but he's probably yeah. not. I, and then the character of Bolt, who's she can tap into the Speed Force, but she's you know she has those prosthetic legs. 
Yeah, the, the you know the spikes or needles, whatever they're called. Uh, yeah, the 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 blades. Blades. That's um, it. Um. So yeah. No, I think the new characters. It's not a whole run by any means, but because they're completely fresh and we can build them up, it's like, oh, this is the team of young X Men, you know, adjacent that we can we can which, kind of get into. The fact yeah, that the story's even the, the story's even called X Factor, which is just kind of almost all on the nose, given yeah. everything, because we get a villain called Red X. Um, mm-hmm. but the Suicide Squad stuff at the end, uh, to show up to save uh, Bolt from from Red X, that was just kind of like i rolled my eyes like really we're invading this book with suicide squad because it, it's not because i think man bat i was enjoying more before the suicide yeah. squad showed up i think this is a case where i was still having a lot of problems but i was liking some mm. stuff and then it was like oh suicide so really we're going to invade the the book with more characters this is not what we need right now and honestly everything with dick in this issue and cory i felt it was just muddy in the waters for no reason because before this issue yeah. Has there been any indication in, a, in ages that Dick and Corey have been an item? Out, outside of them having, like, a mutual respect, like, love with each other. Like, that's my ex. I'll always have feelings for him. But mm-hmm. they're my friend now. Because I, I uh, turned the page in this, and she's getting dressed in bed as he's looking out the window as if they're spending the night together. And then immediately, within, like, two panels, he's like, I need to spend more time in, like, you know, Bluetooth and Gotham. And she's like... Oh, with Barbara, and I'm like, what? We're, yeah. we're, we're doing jealousy. So, so love triangle shit. In the last six months, Dick and Babs got married at the end of the world. Yes. Okay. That should have ended any Starfire. Yes. Dick Grayson stuff whatsoever, because while they're not technically married, that was Snyder and Tynan and Williamson. I forget who else wrote on that book. Yeah. That was them laying the foundations of. This is Dick and Babs now are fully intertwined, just like Lois and Clark. And thing, right? don't get me wrong, things if you, if you tell a story where for some reason they yeah. they decide otherwise, whatever. But that was so recent, and there's been yeah. nothing to suggest there's been any change of far. This to me feels like the writer of this book, Sheridan, just doing this because he wants to, and it doesn't actually fit with anything else the characters have been through recently at all. Yeah. So like, and this is gonna sound mean. This feels kind of like fan fiction, right? <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. Like he's getting to write because I can tell that Sheridan loves that era of of Teen Titans and maybe even the the cartoon. You know where Teen Titans go. We talked about this last time, and you just get the vibe that those are the versions he wants to go through. But because of what is happening in in Gotham with Babs becoming Oracle and her having a relationship with Dick, and I don't mean that as like. A romantic relationship, but like she's a full-on secondary character, you know, almost co-headline. Yeah. Of Nightwing through two issues. It it and didn't need this. It feels like it's just adding no, it for the sake of like wanting to call back to more Titans history. Right, exactly. And like, there's other ways to do that. Like, you can have them flirt up and down, but have them getting, you know, getting dressed from the morning and just like. I just yeah, like you said, it, it's just there because it's part of Titans continuity, and that's that's the stuff I don't enjoy. Like even the Red X stuff feels so disjointed from the rest of the the stuff here, and mm. like Dick, like oh, I'm just looking for my mask. Have you seen it? Yeah. Also, yeah, I, I, I didn't like how he just walks into the computer room and Red yeah. X is just there. Like he just like stumbles yeah. into him around the building. However, 
I did like the action sequence that came out of that when they're chasing him and he grabs the the hose, uh, John McClane style, mm-hmm. you know. But because he's an acrobat, he he manages to spin himself down uh, enough that, you know, uh, Donna's kind of looking at him like, oh, what's going on? So that that's the X Men kind of stuff that I do like. I, I'll be honest, I feel like Dick shouldn't even be in this book because Nightwing's great. He's got so much going on with that stuff. Like he feels yep. like he's only here because, oh, he's a main titan, right? He's part yep. of that team. But honestly, the rest of the titans need something to do. Dick doesn't. <laughs> yeah, and, and I know he's like, they could easily make him Roy Harper in this. You know, he doesn't need to be Nightwing. You know, Mr. Roy. Yeah, or, or maybe Mr. that'll... Mr. Arsenal. That could happen. You know? Maybe Roy, because we know Roy's around, so maybe he'll come in and right. swap out, but... Right, but like, he he's an original titan that kind of has vibes of, of Dick Grayson, but yeah, I just... That kind of stuff. But then again, I like the stuff of Cyborg and him trying to mentor this Matt kid, you know, mm-hmm. and he's he's playing chess with him in this this whole vibey realm and Oh technically it wasn't chess. It was from. like a it was like a weird version of chess for some of the Yeah, the but I, I don't remember the name. Yeah, it, it, it's like chess plus, you know? Um, uh Arima. Arima. Yeah, there we go. There you go. You know, so he's playing that with them and yeah, the Beast Boy stuff is there and I like Bolt and so there's stuff in here that I do like, and I'm going to check out issue three. Maybe. It just depends on how Suicide Squad pulls in, because I know they're crossing over, and I don't want to have to read. I said that when during solicits, when they solicited the crossover. Yeah. And that's true. The Suicide, Squad thing, the Suicide Squad thing is not necessarily a surprise, because we didn't know there was going to be a crossover of sorts, but mm-hmm. uh, actually in, impacting the book to the point where it's the whole cliffhanger for issue two. This did kind of leave a bad taste, and I—it's yeah. a shame because I'm liking the idea of you know try to explore all these new young characters and try to build them up as, as as a team, and I love that stuff. I have to admit though, my desire to read the next issue kind kind of waned a little bit, and it's one of these things where you know last month it was like one of four books that week. This month it went up to five because obviously Robin came out, but yeah. Robin was so much better and just a home run in terms of just being a good first issue that, yeah. and. This is the sort of thing as well where if I wasn't getting a good Nightwing book, maybe I'd be more inclined to continue with this because mm-hmm. Nightwing's here. But I've got a, a fantastic Nightwing book. I've got a Nightwing book that might be the best book DC are putting out <laughs> right now. So my reasons for this are a little bit lessened. And I do like a lot of the other Titans characters, but I, it's just a little too rough around the edges and just a little overstuffed. And it really shouldn't be crossing over with, with another book already. Um, yeah. That that's the that's the big down downer, and there's a tease of like Red X like working with someone to like try and blackmail uh Bolt. Yeah. Uh, which you know is kind of, kind of whatever. I think when I start glossing over story details like that, it, it kind of means I've checked out a little bit, and it probably means this is where I end my tenure on. So oh no, I'm sorry. I, on I'm Academy. I am relieved that you feel the same way, because like I know I tend to be a little bit overly critical and stuff like this. However. It is real rough times, you know, and, and it's a bummer because I, I, I want to like this concept, but I genuinely, the story that they're to, telling out the gate isn't one that I'm enjoying. I genuinely felt there was more potential in issue one than you seem to when we talked about it, but <laughs> the problems that were definitely still there seem to have just gotten a little bit worse in issue two. Um and the Dick and Corey thing just feels so weird and just so against everything else that's going on with the mm-hmm. character, which makes, for me, it makes it easier to just go, ah, oh, okay, this is just... 
I'm not concerned this canon now. This is all this is doing is infecting yeah. the good stuff that's going on in Nightwing. So I'm not even going to think about this. This is just out of my mind out of sight. Right. And like out outside of in Robin that, you know, Dick talking about he's calling from Titan's Tower. Mm-hmm. You know, like I feel like Nightwing's in its own little corner right now, and as it should be. You know, just let Tom Taylor tell the story he wants to tell. Well, I, would, I would actually argue the opposite. I would say Nightwing is the one that feels connected to the rest of the Bat books, and the, the Titan stuff is the one that feels kind of on its own little... It's, well, it's on well, its own little I mean corner with Suicide Titans, Squad. Yeah, I don't want Titans Academy infecting Nightwing. You know what I mean? Like, that that kind of thing. I, that's what I mean, that it's off in its corner. I, I get it, that, but I think the Nightwing yeah. from Nightwing does feel like the Nightwing that's, like, popping up in Batman or popping up in the other Bat yeah. books. It, it feels like... He belongs sure. with the rest of the family, whereas this Titans version is the one that's kind of contradicting it a little bit. Yeah. Uh, and even the conversation he has is kind of acknowledging, I oh, you know, it's really, you know, there's so much to do in Bluetooth and Gotham that, that, you know, this Academy stuff, I have to kind of divide my time more. And I'm like, yeah. it kind of feels like that as a reader. It feels like this is the afterthought for Dick as opposed yeah. to everything else. So, yeah. Hard to argue with that one. But uh, I'm just glad we have a really good Nightwing book again. Yeah, so this, unfortunately, I mean, I'm not going to be super harsh. I'll probably give it like a six, maybe? 5.5? Okay. I'll go 5.5. Okay, yeah, I, I had 5.5 in my head. And then when you said six, I went, eh, I, I did enjoy the art. I mean, the art's fine. We we found this, but that's Rafa Sandoval, right? Yeah, he's not exceptional. Yeah. Uh, he's a solid yeah, kind of workhorse. Yeah, yeah that, that's pretty good. So. Uh, but but yeah, five point five for me. All right, uh, Batman Superman seventeen, Gene Lung Yang writing with Ivan Reese on the art. So if you remember last issue, it was the two opposing stories from different oh. Earths. One where Superman with where there was no Batman, and one where there was a Batman with no Superman, and all the ripples that happened because of that. But they were told in film strips, and at the end, Lois from the one universe, the Superman universe, fell into the Batman universe, mm-hmm. and all of this was happening. We got the the context for it. Which was <laughs> yeah, dog. Uh, the context yeah, yeah, yeah. for it was that this ship. We find out the name of the villain, which I loved in this, which is yes. Autour IO, is a robot yep. Autour who like collects all these realities and sort of like presents them in film, and is trying. And this is so funny because obviously we just had the Snyder cut last month, but this is yes. like to me. This deranged villain is trying to make the perfect cut of reality. That's essentially essentially mm-hmm. what he's trying to do. Um, so we get a little bookend with the, the real world stuff, as it were, with Batman and Superman like, getting into the the machine and seeing that this is happening. But they're hearing the voice of the robot when he talks sounds like the narrator, yeah. which yes. is, I think, is a nice touch. But most of the story, of course, again, is the fact that these two worlds have now converged and Superman follows Lois through and then ultimately we have this kind of like uneasy kind of trust where Batman doesn't trust the Superman, Superman doesn't trust Batman, and then very quickly when they sort of show this this villain version of Lois, they're like, hey, and Lois is like, that's me. I want an, an interview. Let's go find her. Yeah. Let's go find out what's going on. Uh, and the Lex in this world, who's the, the warden of Arkham, is getting kryptonite yeah. from someone on the other Earth. Maybe right. maybe the Lex or something. Or or the uh, the other uh, Martha Wayne. So we're going to get a Martha scene. Oh yeah, of course. Because yes. remember, uh, Bruce was like the dumb playboy. That's right. Uh, following his mommy around, and so, uh, yeah, maybe. And and so we got a, a, a clarification on the the twins, which I liked. This that 
we, we got confused when they went to Arkham and there was two groups and they said, oh, we're doing better than our twins over there. Mm-hmm. Um, come to find out that, that one was the control group and one was the experiment group, which is very much a Lex Luthor. Yeah, I'll be honest. Thing. I didn't know I wanted Hulk-sized Penguin, but it kind of worked yeah, for me. <laughs> it, it does. Oh, man, you get so good at playing with these concepts. Like, because we, we loved his work over in New Superman with him like tweaking things. Like like their version of Batman just worked because the, just the way that it that, that he did them and how Keenan was so much different than than Clark, but you know there are similarities there. Yeah, and and, and, here, well, and one of the things he's done here is that he's he's playing with versions that feel kind of like the mm-hmm. Golden Age versions, but obviously remixed right. a little bit. And I love yeah. that when you know Lois is in the Bat plane and. Superman's flying towards, you know, he has Dick say, you know, is that a bird? Is that a plane? And then Lois smirks and says, nope. Then you turn the page and she's like, that's Superman. And it's in like the old timey font. Um, Really playing with that, that kind of art style and the, the, all the little nostalgia pops. But Mm -hmm. all of this is told, all the panels are presented as film strips. And occasionally you'll see that they're burning. And the the idea is, is that on the ship where the real Superman and Batman are fighting this villain, like he is burning film because he's erasing yep. things because he thinks that you know it's not perfect yet. And yep. I love the distortion effects that started to come out of play in some of the panels as it, as it was burning. It was a really nice touch. But they agree to go and try and find this uh, Lois of of this Earth, and it leads to this Lex Luthor with a goatee, sicking you know Hulk sized penguin, which yep. is truly horrific Joker, looking because of the big nose. Joker with many mouths. Yeah, mouths and his like, his abdomen and his shoulders yeah, and his hands, and then. I assume that's because uh, he calls him Jones, so I'm assuming that's uh, Croc. Who's... Oh no, 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 that's Rudy Jones. That's Parasite. Oh, of course, yeah, that makes sense. Yep, that makes sense. Yep. I was thinking this is a Croc that instead of becoming a crocodile became yeah. like a purple blobby thing. But yeah, Parasite makes sense. Yep. Uh, so yeah, Peng Hulk size penguin is absolutely just a wonderful visual. I don't, I don't know what I never yeah. thought I'd want it, but it's pretty good. But of mm-hmm. course, um. The uh the the, the the spider lady, uh Lois, the evil the evil mm-hmm. Lois of this earth, who may not actually be that evil, more sort of antihero after the death of everyone else at the Daily Planet. Yeah. Uh, a, a little bit of Biff from Back to the Future 2 that she turned the Daily mm-hmm. Planet that got blown up. Um because there wasn't a Superman there to save them, right? Um her and her and Jimmy kind of created this criminal uh organization. Uh but she turned the Daily Planet into a casino called the Spider's Nest. Which just cracked me up. And there's this little uh, moment where when she sort of clocks Superman, she saw, that's mm-hmm. one of the moments where the, the, the film starts to burn around the uh, yep. the panel. It's a really nice little touch. Mm-hmm. And she says, she, she calls him Superman. She's like heard the name and she says, I had a dream about you. Like, yeah. uh, you know, after everything. Yeah. And it kind of shows that some of the reality is supposed to, it's, it's like it was it was split apart. Like they yep. were supposed to all exist together, uh, but they don't because of right. everything that's Cause happened. Because in, in this version, you know, uh, Superman never came because, you know, we had the the baby in the the spaceship that mm-hmm. Bruce and Dick talk about seeing, you know, and so how that changes it. But again, there's still a Lois Lane. So where does she play into it if she remembers Superman? So, yeah, it's just these differing versions of reality bleeding into each other, which yeah. is so fun. Yeah, this is like it, ultimate meta storytelling. Because presumably, you know, they're, they're going to merge at the end. If they even exist mm-hmm. at all, once all this, you know, everything's right. done with the, the main world. But <laughs> A tour.io. That just... Okay. I'm not going to lie, Pete. It made me think of you. <laughs> a, a filmmaking robot. Uh, you it, it gave me a chuckle. 
Uh, it turns out Superman can actually make a portal because he's basically burning a hole in the film. He burns mm-hmm. a hole so they can jump through it. Um, but uh, yeah, the legs really good. He has a kryptonite uh, wristband. Yep. And the end of the issue, uh, whilst everything's going down, is that uh, they're jumping through reality. So Batman and Robin seem to be coming through to the Superman reality. Mm-hmm. But as this is happening, Auteur.io mm-hmm. um, actually basically plucks the kryptonite uh, wristband out into uh-huh. the real world and it's like the size of his finger so it's like a ring finger yeah. now uh or a finger ring i should say <laughs> not a ring finger uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah and he puts it on so all of a, all of a sudden he's got kryptonite yeah. and superman's getting weak and it's like yeah i i can take anything from any of my realities i can just basically uh-huh. take anything out of any of them and use it as a tool so that's the cliffhanger uh at the end yeah. so uh Still fun. It's still a lot of fun. Yes. I, yeah, I, you know, it's very pulpy. It's it's you know, I said last issue that I didn't really need the real world element. It could have just been two mm-hmm. alternate realities that were bleeding. But I did yeah. like how they sort of incorporated it. This issue where this 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 leader of this this ship, this a tour, mm-hmm. like that stuff was actually kind of fun and wink wink as well on its own on top of uh, everything else mm-hmm. but yeah so he's basically uh, Zack Snyder trying to bastardize bastardize the uh, DCU that's that's why I'm taking this as sure again we're gonna get a Martha moment we have to like gangs gangs you know just that type I feel I mean this is the guy that did Superman smashes the clan well, he, he's not afraid of, of broaching you know here's the thing different though subjects the Martha moment potentially in this will actually make more sense because because yes. Superman didn't exist on Batman's world for Batman to you know investigate him mm-hmm. when he actually finds out that his his uh, adopted mother's name Martha it will actually be a surprise they won't know who each other's mothers are called right right so it will actually make a little bit more sense that they both share a little moment of oh hey our mums are got the same names it may mm-hmm. actually be quite a sweet little moment more than likely. Uh, I bet now that they're going to Superman's world, I bet he meets Martha Kent. That that'll be what happens. Yeah. He's going to meet Martha, and he's going to have mm-hmm. like a little moment when he meets her. That's that, that's my prediction. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, they are fun again. I, I mean, honestly, it's uh, is I mean, it's Reese, so obviously you know it's going to be strong. Yeah. Um, but he's really the classic works very very well. Like his mm. Lois feels like the Lois from back in the thirties and 40s. yeah. I was going to say the hairstyle, particularly on Lois, they're mm-hmm. really intentionally going for that era. Uh, yeah which is nice. But it's, um, it still feels like modern comic book art, though, which is the, yeah. the touch that it right. needs. So. Same same with his Batman and Robin. They both feel like, you know, 50s era, just where they're very, very bright in a dark setting. Uh, and yeah, it's, everything works. Yeah, Batman immediately assumes Superman has a jetpack or something. He's like, oh, no jetpack. Hmm, how's yeah. he doing this? It's really annoying. Uh, him. He's like, well, how's this yeah. happening? What's going on? Uh, so now more fun stuff, uh, really pulpy. Uh, what are you giving Batman Superman seventeen? Uh, I'm gonna give this one an eight. Uh, anyway, yeah, yeah, I'm happy to give it the eight as well. Uh, we've, we've had very similar scores uh, throughout the episode, yeah. but that's weird. It's because they're mostly just really good, though. Is, is the yeah, thing? <laughs> this was a good week for comics for sure. Yeah, uh, I, I think DC really have a quality over quantity thing going right now, which is mm-hmm. not, not not a bad approach to things I so for two weeks uh it definitely back up to quantity oh so, sure yeah yeah, yeah. you know we're getting there but uh at least if we're liking the books we're liking the books and that's good so 
Yeah, okay. Uh, part of the show then we're on to is where we pick our favourites of the week for panel slash moment, cover our and uh, rank the books. Well, top five, which in this case is all five. Mm-hmm. So, uh, what is your panel slash moment of the week? Uh, panel slash moment's going to be from... Uh, do I want to do Superman or action? Or do I want something from Robin? Hmm... Uh, let me let me go back through. If you have one, you can drop yours. But I, I'm conflicted because I, I could go with Batman finding the body in Detective. I could go with the the heads coming out of the the bag in action. I think it's mm-hmm. a great moment. Uh, Robin has a couple of things I could pick. Like I love him on the the docks talking to Alfred, but yeah. I also love just the heart being ripped out. It's a really morbid week because everything I've picked yeah. almost has like death or like hearts yeah. being held in it. <laughs> but I think if I'm going to pick the one, I'm going to go... Mm. I'm going to, I'll go with action, I'll go with the heads and all the, you know, that introduction of the stranger. I think that's a really effective scene. But I mean, it was really tough between those three moments, to be honest, between those three books. Yeah, because there, there's some, some of the ones you mentioned from Robin, too. But I, I think I'm going to do a Robin moment, but it's going to be Robin and John having their conversation... And then it ends with that sunset. With that's that's not in Robin. That's an action. <laughs> no, I I know. Okay. I say it's a Robin moment, but from action comics. Ah, okay, okay. I can have my cake and eat it too, you know. Uh, uh, that was a very affecting scene for me. And you have definitely had your cake and ate it too. I definitely have. Now it's more pie than cake, but you know. <laughs> it was a dumb fat joke, Matt. Okay, don't. Don't yeah, lead into it. <laughs> I'm just saying, I don't eat that much cake. I definitely eat a lot of pie, though. Maybe that's worse. I don't know. Uh, yeah. So yeah, covers then. Next, you got a cover you want to pick out? Um. Oh man, I really do like the Robin cover because it's got the red. Yeah, I'll just go with the Robin regular cover. Um, it's got the red on the white and just the different characters laying about like he's defeated them all, and that's completely counter to what we see in the book. Yeah, so. no, that's good. Uh. That uh, variant for Robin. Who's who's that assassin? Is that just maybe Talia? I guess maybe yeah, Talia. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm picking that. Uh, but uh, yeah. So I'll give a shout out to the variant for action, which has got this really yeah, nice. Yeah, I didn't even see that till now. That would have been it. Yeah, it's it's got young John with the cape yeah. with crypto, but Superman's in the back. It's a really nice, really nice. Yeah. So it's one of those beautiful kind of painted, uh, covers. Um, I'm going to have to go with the Behermo. Uh, detective variant though yeah. because i mean that, that artist is just so good at doing you mm-hmm. know dark and moody stuff and so batman just works with it so well so i'm gonna go with that uh art of the week what you got uh this is the tough one because i really like uh uh gleb and in robin but sam pierre and mora in action and detective yeah, this is the Both thing. Dan Mora, Daniel Sampier, and Gleb Mel- Melnikov. Yep. And, and then to an extent, Ivan Reese, you can make an argument for. Like, There's a lot of really solid art this week to pick from. Yep. Yep. I'm going to go with, with action, just because I do love Sampier. I think... Did I praise that the most, or did I praise Robbins the most? <laughs> it's tough. I don't know. Uh... I am going to nudge it to Robin, but it's very close. It, again, it's a tough. That's a tough choice. Mm-hmm. 
there's like three choices that I could pick, and uh, it's really hard. So yeah. we'll go with that. All right, Matt, rank your books. Uh, number one is Action Comics. Two is Detective. Three is Robin. Four is Batman Superman. And five is Teen Titans. Yeah, uh, number one for me, I'm going to go Robin. Then I'll go two Action, three Detective, four Batman Superman, five Teen Titans Academy. Uh, and thus retires Teen Titans Academy from the show because Connor wasn't reading it. So, uh, no. Uh, that is it. That is it. Be gone. So yeah. that's fine because there's going to be more book starting, no doubt. So, <laughs> so since since Robin, real quick, I've been trying to find out these characters as we were talking. Oh yeah, sure. Just different Google searches. However, when I click to look at the the variants on Robin that you were talking about, yeah, they have all the characters of the your comic geek, and it was right there the whole time, <laughs> and, I, and I feel dumb. But it was Double Dare or the ah, two twins. Ah, there you go. That I like from Nightwing back in the day. So. Cool. Yeah, dummy. And, and in fact, that was Raptor. There you have him listed there. Uh, and the, the weird-headed Batman is the Batman of Japan from the League of Club of Heroes. So, yeah. All right, neat. Uh, so I'll tell you what's coming next week then. So Matt's not here next week, but uh, me and Connor mm-hmm. will be talking about Batman 108, Swamp Thing issue 3. Uh, not talking about Suicide Squad issue 3, but it is out, as is Crime Syndicate issue 3. Uh, Green Lantern issue 2. Very curious to see how that conversation goes because I don't think Connor yeah. has read it yet, <laughs> so I don't know what he's going to think of it. But yeah, uh, you were very positive. You were very positive. I, I I saw a lot of potential, uh, but wasn't as high on it. So, um, at the very least, I'll wrap it. Uh, the physical next Batman Second Son issue two is out, so we'll mm-hmm. be talking about the next three digital chapters of that. Man Bat issue four is out. And then we also have Batman Fortnite Zero Point Issue 2 and Sensational Wonder Woman Issue 3, which is the digital reprint. Uh, so, a bit of a weird week, but uh, Batman and Swamp yeah. Thing, of course, are high uh, on the, the excitement Just, list. I don't know if I'm going to get my stuff in by the time, because uh, we're, we're going out of town. Uh, by the time you guys record, because I know there's some yeah we're, doing it, yeah, we're doing it earlier than usual, so yeah, you probably won't have read them all yet. Just know that the, the page that Ram V shared from Mike Perkins' art in Swamp Thing, that is heavy on the ivy. Just know that would have been my panel and moment of the week. Mind you, there might be stuff in, in Green Lantern or or Batman or even Man Bat. You self but just know that you shameless that self parody. I can't help it. I love Pamela Isley. Like she's she's Shame. jumping up. You know, uh, and the fact that Ram V seems to like her as much. The fact that she showed up in Swamp Thing and Catwoman. Come on. He's he's he knows what's up. So and yeah. that cover for Swamp Thing. Uh, I'm going to have to make sure I get to the shop early on Wednesday uh, after some issues of the last couple weeks. Mm. Uh, I will say this too. I know we're wrapping up, but since they uh, switched to the company that DC goes with, they have not had an issue with getting their books. The last couple weeks I've gone into, um, Independence and Marvels have been late. So when I show mm. up on Wednesday to pick up my books, it's only been DC stuff. Um which is kind of irritating when you're looking for other things. But, uh, yeah. Um, oh, well. DC's but... still killing it. But I need this cover of Swamp Thing, and I need to make sure I get it. Uh, there's there's two, two Ivies. I mean, that's the main cover, right? Yeah. Okay. What's the variant so... of the lakes? Another Ivy cover. Yeah, it's okay. It's more arty. Yeah. Um, it's a cardstock, though, so I wouldn't. I don't want to show out the extra buck. But th- this oh. cover is very nice. with all the green and... It needs to be framed. That's fair. Oh, well, there you go. That's what's coming next week. I'll take this time to thank our Patreon producers for the the month. Uh, I guess it's actually on May now. Uh, but 
Thank you to Tyler Hess, Cindy Palacios, David Sharp, Bordenow, Al Treisman, Christopher Moy, David Brown, and Stanley. Not Stanley. Um, and oh, on Patreon, I, I do still have one Patreon, but I have Animal Man uh, to get to. I was going to do it this week, but uh, time got the better of me. So uh, expect that next week uh, when I do the episode with Connor. And then the week after that, it'll either be either Matt or Connor or both. But one of at least one of them will be here for the week following next week as well. Uh, we'll... Uh, We'll see. We'll see how that wraps up. But uh, yes, look forward to the next few weeks as we get into uh, more new books launching uh, and the Infinite Frontier saga. I forgot to call it that. Uh, but that is the show. Uh, so I'll, I'll say you can support us on Patreon, as obviously those producers do. Uh, Patreon.com slash TV. You can support us over there for as little as $1 per month. Uh, $5 tier specifically, you get early access, uh, you get the show a day early, so go and have a look and see if you're interested. As well as other bonuses for other shows that Mail Fuzz TV have, uh, which is, you know, TV and movie stuff, uh, mainly. So go and have a look. Mm-hmm. Uh, otherwise, you can, of course, support us simply by hitting the like button and subscribing on YouTube, or rating us on your iTunes or whatever podcast uh, app you use. Give us a five-star review, all that stuff, really good. Uh, you can also, of course, get us on the Twitters at DC Comics Podcast. Uh, ask us questions on there, get updates, that kind of thing. Um, by all means, we encourage it. So uh, that is pretty much the show. That has been episode 251. So thank you once again for watching or listening. We always appreciate it. Keep reading DC Comics and remember to never get lost in the Speed Force. Hank, Hank Henshaw, hear me now, believe me later. <laughs> <laughs>